Welcome to the Brutally Honest Podcast. I am your host, Harrison Barron. And today, today, I'd like to wish everyone a happy and safe, and what I believe in is a Merry Christmas, but I wish you a happy and safe holiday. That is the start. Uh, this is coming out two days before Christmas. This is the last podcast before Christmas. And uh, yeah, so I just want to say Merry Christmas to everybody and a happy holiday. With that all being said, I may sound like I am further away from the microphone, and that is very true When during this podcast. I was still a little bit under the weather. However, I didn't want it to sound like I was Darth Vader breathing down the microphone. So, with that being said, I do sound like I'm further away, and I did that on purpose because I didn't want you guys to hear every breath I was taking. Not to be a weirdo. So, thank you so much for tuning in to another episode, and... If you'd like, please smash that subscribe button. It it uh, helps grow the channel a lot. And uh, share it out. Give it a rating on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher. Tune in. New, uh, a new uh, outlet to listen to, I think is the appropriate word I'm looking for. And uh, yeah, had a great podcast today. So, huge thank you to the Nerds That Care for sponsoring the podcast. Nerds That Care is your third-party outsourced IT company. If you're looking or you're not sure what the next strategy is for your company as far as technology goes, you need to consult somebody. And if you already have an in-house IT company, they should be more than willing to recommend strategic ways to grow your business with technology and make your business more profitable. So that is just one of the many things that the Nerds That Care does. So if you want to go see, check them out, it is N-E-R-D-S. T-H-A-T-C-A-R-E dot com. Nerdsthatcare.com. Go give them a go give them a visit. Tell them what you think. And if you're lucky, maybe you'll even get to see me. So, thank you to Nerds That Care for sponsoring the podcast. And that's pretty much it. That's all I really gotta say. Uh lots of things coming for uh the new year. I've I've actually while I'm doing this podcast, I am working on them. But Go check out the website, BrutallyHonestPodcast.com. I put a lot of work into it. Still need some fi- finishing touches. More, Not even so much finishing touches. I need more like Photoshop stuff in the process of working on all that jazz. So you'll see that coming in the very, very near future. And I should probably stop talking now. Just kidding. All right. So my guest today was a dear friend of mine, um, Jeff Wibben. He runs a company called Golf Pro Delivered. And you will find out all about it. But he is just a little bit older than me. And it's extremely cool to see somebody that is grinding that is my age um, and doing something that they firmly believe in. So go check it out. It is undoubtedly cool. And I think you guys are really going to love the show. And he has a very beautiful radio voice, if I do say so myself. Once again, I know I sound like I'm pretty far away from the microphone. I just didn't want to sound like, um, not Luke Skywalker. God damn, I'm drawing a blank. Darth Vader. So I think you guys are going to enjoy this one. And I'll see you on the other side. That golf is not called fuck. It said quite a bit. It might as well be. <laughs> you know the you know the uh, the the saying about why golf is called golf, right? No. 
It's because oh. all the other four-letter words were taken. Yes, You've heard yes, that? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. That, yeah. That's what it is. It's, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, why is, why is golf called golf? Because fuck was already taken. Yep. <laughs> that's, that, uh, yeah, might as well say it, yeah. <laughs> what, might as well say yeah. it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, it's I, – I do love golf. I do love golf. Even though I'm not as good as I'd like to be. I do quite. I do rather enjoy it. We gotta get out there, man. Let's let's go play. We do, man. We do. I'm, we're de- I'm definitely taking some golf days this summer for sure. Dude, you got to or this winter. The, you play in the ah. Uh, you Dude, can play yes. in the winter. Yes. Here we go. Fifty eight courses. Uh, right now we have seventy three. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, numbers oh, going yeah. up. Numbers going Where up. Where do you get these courses from? Well, like, we actually, obviously they're real places. Yeah, yeah. Well, so actually, Foresight is basically like the the tech champion for us. Okay. So Foresight makes the launch monitors, and they actually purchase the rights to the courses from the courses directly. So oh, wow. from there, we just purchase them straight from them. Wow. Yeah. That's so oh, we don't so you have, have to, to go buy the course from them because they've already done all the legwork Correct. for it. They've done the hard stuff. We just make the purchase. Uh. Yeah, exactly. They pay the big bill. We we're paying the residual small on the back end. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's not cheap. Only a, that's great. So they have to pay the rights to the course. Yeah, it's a whole new revenue stream for golf courses. If you think about it, I mean, some courses are charging two hundred grand just to map it out. And if you think about it, there's two hundred. Some of them, yeah, thousand dollars. Some of them map. Why don't you? They have Google Maps. Like you can't you just play the course? I you, guess because well, it's not no, because it's like a copyright thing. What? So it's like it's like me opening up a McDonald's, I would get the, the I would get sued like crazy. It's the same thing, you know. Really? I can't just I can't just go on Google Maps and okay, I know what the course looks like. Let me map out Pebble Beach. You got to buy the rights. You got to buy the name. You got to buy the, the even like the views are is completely locked down. People own it. What? Yeah. Oh, it's it's crazy. Yeah. I am. It's mind an ex- blown it's it's right an entire now. business that people don't even know exists. Oh yeah! Holy Christ! Absolutely, and there's good money in it too. And the biggest thing is is in the private sector. So if you can imagine some of the most exclusive clubs in the world, everybody knows Augusta, right? Everybody knows Pebble Beach, which yeah. is public anyway. Uh-huh. But those clubs could sell the rights to to map out the course for a million dollars, and people would pay it. And there's multiple software tech companies. It's pretty impressive, actually. So if you think about it, if you're a golf course, you're like, oh, I wish I had an extra million dollars. And you have a nice course. Yeah. Well, because you can't even get into those. Like, you can't even – there's not even a chance of you weaseling your way yeah. into it. Yeah. Like, between That's true. the cost of the membership, the wait list, the whole nine, unless you're basically blood of somebody who's been grandfathered in for years and years, you will never, ever see the day of light on that course. Yeah. The light of day. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was with you. I was there. Yeah. But, no, it, it's funny, and it's funny you mention that because – I've I've seen the most extreme versions of that before uh-huh. where I've seen like I'm not I won't name the name of the course uh-huh. but I've worked next to some courses like that where people have come in and shown me a giant bag of cash like that's a weird way to open up a conversation just don't like that sounds like some mafioso crazy when stuff you right? worked for golf courses yeah so I, I was working for a golf course at the time public course uh-huh. amazing course Somebody walks into the. I think I know which one it is. You probably do. Yes. Okay. You probably I just do, wanted to confirm it was the one I'm thinking. It is. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if you want to say <laughs> that. So that's why I'm trying to no, beat yeah, around the for, bush. For the sake of this example, I probably shouldn't. But okay. at some point later, we'll probably come back to it. But but anyway, someone drops a, a big bag of money on the counter, fifty grand in cash, and they told me 
I didn't count it. That would have taken forever. It's a long time. <laughs> I wish I had that kind of in problem on, on the daily. But <laughs> sick. well, that's a whole different. They the were going club. somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, if that was the case. But someone told me that they actually walked into the golf shop, tried to bribe the person behind the counter with fifty thousand dollars. Just let me go out. I'll never tell anybody. You'll never tell anybody. And the person said no. And this happens on a repeated basis in some of these clubs. It's pretty amazing. you got to hand it to these clubs. They actually really uphold their integrity pretty well. But there's a lot of money to be made Somebody around Somebody offered to pay $50,000 oh, yeah. to play the course? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You would, not, you, you would not believe. For some people in the world, money's not an object. It's just it's about having what you want. And, you know, money's no longer an issue. So you, you can spend whatever you want, you know? How would the other half lives, so to speak, if the half was one one-thousandth of one percent? <laughs> I can't even get over that. We'll get there one day. No, absolutely. I'm all, <laughs> I'm all for that. This is a great I podcast, just, man. I, dude. You're getting there. I'm We're getting so, there. I think the word that I'm looking for is infatuated with the fact that somebody would offer to pay $50,000 in cash to play the course, like I feel like it'd almost be cheaper to develop a fake friendship with somebody that's on the <laughs> that is already a member. That guy already said no. <laughs> that's like, at that point, holy shit! Yeah, man, crazy stuff happens. You know, I can't even get. I like it doesn't. I think this might be the first time on my podcast where my brain can literally not wrap <laughs> itself around somebody wanting to play golf. Not even that bad, because don't get me wrong, golf is an amazing sport. But willing to pay $50,000, not that money is an object for them, to play a course because there's literally no other way to play it. Like that's what's like yeah. that's what's mind-blowing yeah. me right now. Well, you always want what you can't have, right? And that applies to anything. So it's just one more thing. Golf is just one of those. And I'll tell you what, if you want to understand the like private clubs, the, the best way to understand what they're really like is to watch Caddyshack. Everybody's seen Caddyshack. Yeah. If you haven't, you've got to watch it to whoever's listening. Parts. I haven't seen the whole thing. I if you want to know what it's really like to work or be around a private club, a lot of truth is in that movie. It's really? hilarious. There's obviously things that are grossly exaggerated that are hilarious, but <laughs> that, that like no one's hilarious. blowing up gophers and shit. Like that just doesn't. That, hopefully that doesn't when happen. You're intoxicated, you can chase gophers. Yes, you can. I would not. I will not admit or deny any accusations. <laughs> I'm attempting to do that. <laughs> you had no relations with that gopher. <laughs> not get intoxicated and try to chase a gopher ever. We'll leave it at that. Yeah. Spoken word. Well, now you know, I know, know I'm not running for president because if people listen to other podcasts, they'd be like, <laughs> absolutely not. But yeah. I still can't <laughs> get over. Like, I, I, it just doesn't make sense in my brain. Like, now I'm starting to think, how much does that membership cost that somebody is Some, willing to pay? Not, sometimes not even that much. Sometimes it's less than half of that. But that's just, that's people just want what they can't have. You know, but like if it's less than half, I guess because you have a wait list and there's only yeah. a certain amount. Because there are some places around the country where it doesn't matter, like who you are, how much money you have. Especially they don't care how much money you have. Uh, and these are my fa- some of my favorite clubs. It's like how cool of a guy are you or a girl are you? Yeah. And if you're really cool and you're like the most down to earth, like badass cool person, you're getting an invite. You're probably gonna have to wait a while, but you're getting an invite. And if you have a billion dollars, but you're a douche, you're not getting an invite, and 
I think that's really cool. You know, because then it creates a culture at the club of like, hey, I'm 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 just as cool as you. You're as cool as me. Let's play golf and let's have fun. And I don't care how big your bank account is. I don't care that you drive. You have five Rolls Royces and I only have one. It's not about measuring. It's about let's have fun. And I think that's what golf's all about. That's what we're about. And that's why I dig that. I My really mouth dig that. Literally, it was just hanging. <laughs> like that is just. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I'm, I'm never going to charge you 50 grand to play one of our courses. So you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, that. I will never charge you that uh, much. Like, just that is mind blowing. Like, absolutely. Like, I could never. Like, just the philosophy around it. I mean, it makes sense. It's a. Yeah, it's, it's hard to grasp. It's a club. It shocked I mean, me, too. But, like, just. I guess I would really have to be in it. Like, I'd have to go either work for a golf course or I'd have to know somebody that's, like, a part of that to, like, really wrap my head around. Because just conceptually, I'm just like, like, it's almost back to what we were originally talking about way before the podcast. It's like a cult, almost. Yeah, I mean. Kind of. But you can see it from space. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You can see it on Google Maps. Yeah, I mean, the, the golf culture is definitely a very unique one, you know. There's a lot of there's a lot of amazing parts of it, and then there's some weird kooky parts, you know. Um, but we're trying to find the the best and brightest of that, yeah, and bring it everywhere. What's your like most exclusive? Co- all right, so for any, tell, first of all, tell people what you do or what you have, because I don't want people to be like they're just beating around the bush. What is he? Yeah, actually what have? the hell is this? Thing? So explain to, explain to everybody exactly what you do or what you have. Yeah, Golf. so so we're a company called Golf Pro Delivered, and there's no secret in the title. You know, so so we basically bring golf straight to you. That's the most simple way I can put it. So what we do is we invented a, a golf simulator that's completely portable and weatherproof. So whenever you want to play golf, too? it's weatherproof too. I did not know yeah, that. and now our newest model, which we actually released um, in this month in December, um, a little Christmas present to ourselves, is it, it now has heating and air conditioning. Thank wow. you. So yeah, so in terms Holy of like winter shit. golf. Pretty badass. You can actually, you know, control the temperature in it. And you'll set it up on snow and all that jazz? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's totally waterproof. So, yeah. So if it rains, pours, snows, you know, your neighbor's trying to destroy your simulator with a hose or something, you're good. No worries. So so we th- <laughs> You're good. Yeah, no, you're totally no good. Yeah, and uh, it's it's pretty strong, so it could take winds at like 40, 50 miles an hour. Like it's you, oh you'd be goodness. yeah you'd be amazed. Like we we did some homework and we really we really kicked some butt on this. That's project. awesome, man. But yeah, so basically, at the touch of a button, you can Is it on your website. Yeah, you oh, can go golfgpd.com. GPD as in golf pro delivered. No secret there again. But yeah, so we bring these golf simulators anywhere from your house to corporate events for team building activities. Um, anywhere where you want to impress a client or, you know, get some friends together, have a good time, play Pebble Beach wherever you want to. That's one of the courses that we, we have thanks to Foresight. And, yeah, we're, Ooh, we want to – Is this it right here? Is there something on the other side of it? Is that it right there? Yeah, that's it right there. That's Jesus. that's the model, too. That's the, the model that we released last year right around uh, February. Okay. Yeah, we actually don't even have official pictures yet of the new one. It's oh, you new. don't? Oh. Yeah, we don't have anything. But it, basically what it looks like is it's a little bit smaller, more compact, uh-huh. uh, a little bit higher strength material, so it's less shiny. Uh-huh. It looks a little bit more high-end, more like a movie theater on the inside. Oh, wow. Which is what we were going for. 
Yeah, you can see we did a, a rooftop event in New York City with uh, NBC Sports and the Golf Channel. That That's was pretty incredible, cool. dude. Yeah, amazing, amazing. That looks photoshopped or something, but it's it's that actually is a real picture. Yeah, that, I think that was on my iPhone. Damn, believe it or not. Mucho impressed, man. Thank you, man. Mucho impressed, and I've and I will also be a testimonial to this. I have used it, and it's rather cool. Awesome. Um, holy Christ, that's just so cool, man. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, thank you, man. So, Jesus, how many how many units do you guys have? We have five and a and a tester version in Texas. So we technically have six, but we have five working units that we can pull out at any time. Wow, super impressive. Yeah, thanks, man. Oh, you guys have a lot of photos on here. I know what it is, by the way, folks. In case anyone sounds like is like, hey, why doesn't he know what it is? I know exactly what he has. I just did not know there's a new version out, and I've used it, and it's unbelievably cool. Wow, you guys have been all over. Yeah, man, we've been, uh, let's see, how many, eight states now? I think eight states we've been doing business in. Wow. Yeah, it's been it's so been really great. Cracking? Yeah, it's been it's been growing really quickly. And, you know, getting getting a, a business started like this has been the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire <laughs> life. Like, I'm not going to just sit here and be like, oh, yeah, entrepreneurship, this is super easy. And, no. and we, have, we have this cool product that makes it easy. If anything, it makes it sometimes just as challenging as any conventional business because – even though the product is really cool and the service that we, we mm-hmm. deliver, and I'm biased when I say my my product and service is cool, like which, yeah. obviously, of course, but, but it really is. But well, thank you. But it, I'll tell you what, we could have our own reality TV show just on cold calls. Like if you try to imagine how this conversation goes. So so you're a potential <laughs> client, right? And I'm I calling you. Hey Harrison, what's up, man? So my name is Jeff. I'm a golf pro, and I would love to show you a portable golf simulator. I think it's really going to help grow your vineyard out in the hamptons i really think it's going to help people be more attracted to your your vineyard and stay longer spend more money with you is that something i can tell you a little bit more about do you have time right now yada yada yada. and someone's like wait what what's golf what's what's a what's a golf simulator what's a portable golf simulator so we end up having these hilarious conversations and i'm like well have you been to the movies and they're like yeah i've been to the movies i'm like okay (laughs) of course i was like imagine you're gonna use a real golf club and hit a ball at the, the movie screen uh-huh. And they're like, wait, so you're using like the glasses? I'm like, no, 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 no glasses. Yeah, like, you're actually real. there. Yeah, you're yeah real balls, real clubs. And then eventually we get to it. But it can be challenging to get to that point where like they're, you have a captive audience and they're willing to listen to mm-hmm. like what to do. You know? Yeah, you're kind of you're trying to paint a picture in their mind Yeah, of, of what it actually is. Yeah. It's it's even crazy to think like if you – and feel free to help yourself if you'd like more. Even oh, though thanks, they're, Even though they're not that coldest, unfortunately, because I'm a moron. Don't forget to – I don't remember to plug my fridge in. But if you – excuse me. If you dialed back time, like, let's say three or four years ago. Cause you now we're talking. This is for interesting. Like two, three years, right? Yeah. Wait, for for our business? Yeah. Uh, we've actually only been around for 16 months. Oh, all right. Yeah. I thought it was, I th- all right, I thought it was close to two years. Yeah, we're almost on two years. So you tell somebody – I tell you, hey – Let's build this thing or imagine playing golf any course in the world at any time and you could set it up in your backyard and anybody could play pretty much anywhere. You, I would say 99.99% of people would just be like, impossible. Like, there's no way. Mm-hmm. And you made it happen, which is the coolest thing in the world. Thanks, man. Yeah, Mind I mean, we, we do get, I would say, like, I, I try, I, cold calls are my least favorite thing in the whole world. So we, yeah, yeah, cold calls suck, man. And like you could be calling about the best thing in the world, but it's still uncomfortable for you Mm -hmm. and the customer because you're interrupting their day. 
But I would say about a third of the time we get a really positive response. I'd say one third, another one third are like, I don't care what you have. I, I'm just not interested. I'm bye. Like yeah. I, I'm just, yeah. really, yeah. but that's, that's yeah, just what it is. And the other, the other one third are like, wait, what? And then tell me more. And then maybe, I mean, maybe, but I, I don't think this is the right time. Cause it, it just sounds like a complicated idea. So you're right. Simplicity is the key. Simplicity you know, is the key. We bring golf straight to you. Done. You know that is that the that's the most that the tagline. <laughs> we bring golf straight to you. It no, be. that could be that actually. You know that could be a great slogan. Uh, that is probably the best slogan ever. Uh, we bring golf straight to you. Mastercard Global Headquarters. God damn. Yeah, that was a that was an amazing event. That was one one of our. You guys drove favorite. to Chicago. We did. Yeah, we did invent at Wrigley Field. That was awesome. Sick. Very very cool venue. Those people are awesome. Absolutely sick. Yeah, thanks, man. That was all thanks to uh, to KPMG actually. KPMG, um, why does that name sound super familiar? Uh, KPMG Global Accounting Firm. Yes. Yeah, they're an amazing company. The event planners are like the coolest people ever. Uh-huh. And uh, and yeah, so they they actually had us out three times already. So we've done an event with them wow. in North Carolina, Philly, and Chicago. Jeez. Yeah, dude, they they're awesome. Good we love you, we man. love working with them. Yeah, they're cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Holy shit, man. Thanks, man. Starting a company. And uh, so <clears throat> I think the other ridiculously cool thing about what you've done is you built this. Like it wasn't let me go buy a blow up or something like that and I could just set it up at somebody's party. Like you, as far as I know at least, you built this entire thing. Like literally invented the invented it, built it. Backed it up with with um, people's money, and then brought it to a real market, and made a real company out of it. Yeah, I mean, more more or less. I think the as one of the most. Yeah, I mean, that sound. Thank you very much. That was very flattering. I think um, no problem. Man. The most important thing I've learned. One of the most important things I've learned. There's so many. Um, is the probably one of the worst things you can do if you own your own business is take credit for anything, because what I've learned is that. I can't do anything by myself. Mm. So first and foremost, you know, I started this company with with a guy named Nick Miller, who's another golf pro mm-hmm. with me. And together we we built this business from the ground up. And you're Absolutely. right. Total total scratch. Yeah, you know Nick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome dude. Absolutely. And I couldn't have done anything we've done without him. So um just like starting off, I think there is a good foot. But um yeah, I mean, this really started in my notebook. So if you know the story of like Harry Potter, J.K. Rowling, yeah, on the on napkin, napkins, yeah, same car, thing, dude. Yeah, a shitty old yeah. van, actually, nonetheless. Yeah, we we were not in a van. Uh, <laughs> we were. Luckily, not in a shitty van. We were actually in uh, Nick's uh, living room table. Uh, yeah. We started on just scrap paper, and we we're like, you know, it'd be freaking awesome. Yeah. Like, what if we could design a portable golf simulator? Like, how cool would that be? What, imagine with the impact, how we could reach everybody. This would be yeah. amazing. And so we started to draw some stuff and we were trying to come up with names and like, what do you call this thing? What the hell do you call this where people get it? Yeah. You know? So so coming up with the name and then coming the up with the, the design. The hardest thing. Yeah. So and the, the the toughest thing at first was like trying to figure out what material to build it out of. Cause so we're we're looking at every like my so I'm I'm kinda like a crazy mad scientist engineer mind. So mm-hmm. I love to just go nuts and yeah. and like I was thinking about like smart carbon fiber and like all this memory, 
you're receiving shape stuff. Like mm-hmm. I was going way off the wall, <laughs> right? And we're we're going back and forth, and Nick's throwing out great ideas. We're, I'm throwing out great ideas. We're collaborating, and um, finally, we we actually realized that the best material to use to be highly portable and weatherproof was actually inflatable. So it sounds crazy, but the uh, the inflatable golf simulator actually allows us to be super quick with the setup. It gives us a really strong structure and it's very inexpensive relatively. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everything's relative. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not shelling out 50 K to play around at golf, but yeah, I mean, uh, so that's kind of like how we got started. And we, we, we did our, our homework on all the inf- main inflatable manufacturers in uh, the U S we were very key on God. This Dang. has to be a U.S.-based product because uh-huh. we want to take pride in building this with quality that we can control, yep. keep it home. Like We, we believe in that a yeah, lot, absolutely. I think. Absolutely. Keep it in the country, man. Yeah. So we found uh, you know, the top guys that make this stuff, and we chose one uh, out of Texas. doesn't get much more American than Texas, by Yeah, way. and everything's but, bigger. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. Everything's yeah, bigger than Texas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, so we, we chose them because they actually build inflatables for the NFL, which is badass because it, what they do, they build these run like running hills. And if you imagine, there are these 400-pound linemen that wear cleats and they run on these inflatables and they last like 10 or more years. So we're like, wait a minute. What? And so we flew down there. What do they run on it for? So it's a, it's a hill. So it's indoor training for them. So that's one of the training things. A they giant blow-up thing yeah. with cleats on. Imagine to run like, up a hill. Yeah. So to in get Texas, cardio. and you think about it, in Texas, it's very flat. So for yeah. the Dallas Cowboys, mm. how do you get them to train uphill <clears throat> as a team and uh, run up hills? Well, we bring a hill straight to you. That's one of the things they offer. So what? we're like, crap. Can, am if, I allowed to look up the name of the company? Yeah, it's. I'll, I'll tell you guys. It's called All Star Inflatables, and there's actually two All Star Inflatables. The one that we have, the real one, has a dash. So it's all A L L dash Star Inflatables. They're an incredible company. Uh, okay. Great, uh, great family run business. They've they've been doing this for twenty plus years. Um, as good as it gets in the business. Literally 20 years. Premium quality since 1997. Well, there we go. Boom. About to be 21. I'm just trying to look up this inflatable. I'm assuming maybe a bull mat. Is that what it's? Um, look up like training hill or running hill or something like that. Inflatable fire. Oh, my God. Oh, I dude, they'll do anything. All day on this. Oh, yeah. Inflatables are incredibly versatile. Holy. Inflatable water slides, paint booth. The oh. paint booth is really interesting. That guy is fantastic. Inflatable jet. Dude, this is insane. Dude, the inflatable world. Rock climbing wall, inflatable speed pitch, uh, bounce house. But I'm assuming the bull mats is probably what I'm looking for. Uh, maybe not. This is looks like it's for riding on a bull. I don't want yeah, we don't quite we don't quite offer those. Uh, <laughs> we can keep it golf. National but yeah, Guard, so military. so those guys actually build build the stuff for us. We design it and they build it. And they're they're good because they have a lot of experience. You design it and they build it. Yeah, and oh, that's and it's, even cooler. It's great because they they can help us tweak stuff. So if we have a concept that we're trying to get get done, uh-huh. you know, we'll design it and we'll send them the specs and we'll, we'll met, have everything spec'd out to the inch of what needs to be and what angles and everything. Like it's hardcore. Like I said, engineering crazy shit. Oh my shit. goodness! And then they'll say, okay, well, that's good. That'll work. X will work, but Y won't. Here's how we'll we'll tweak it. So it's a really good partnership. They're they're really awesome. These guys are geniuses. Yeah, they're they're great. Holy crap! I mean, they have everything. Oh yeah, it's it's a the, you would not believe the inflatable industry what it actually has. 
There, we actually did a show called IAPA down in Orlando about uh, about a month ago, uh-huh. and there was an inflatable battleship that was that was 120 feet long. It had three stories, and there's a guy out in the Hamptons. I don't know his name, and I wouldn't say it if I did, but he has one. I wouldn't say it if I did. And uh, his kids play on it, and they have these giant parties out in the Hamptons on an inflatable battleship. So talk about, like, the ultimate childhood. That wouldn't be bad. Wow, they so they do a lot of stuff. Yeah, they, they do a lot, they have a lot of, stuff. of stuff. They do. They oh my goodness. You name it, they and the cool thing is like even if they don't offer it, you if you want something, they'll do it. Like you'll they'll figure out a way to make it work. These guys are literally mad geniuses. Yeah, they're good. We have to send this podcast though. Yeah, we should. <laughs> we we should. They really do have absolutely everything that you could you could possibly think of. And how'd you? So you went through everybody and just found these guys. Yeah, they were. We we basically narrowed it down to like the top three, and okay. then we we reached out, we contacted, we saw what their capabilities were without disclosing what we did because obviously our designs were were something we wanted to patent and protect. Oh, so this is the tra- oh I see the training hill now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You see the training hill. Yeah, inflatable hill training. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. So we're actually. In the middle of um, the patent process, we're patent pending right now on our designs, uh-huh. you know, on, on how to make a, a golf simulator out of an inflatable and make it heated and cooled and have a built-in projection screen and, and they all this stuff. you make the heating and cooling and all that jazz, too? Well, it was our design, and then they, they fulfill it. Exactly. So I'm so mind-blown right now, like I, on you know so what? many levels. I, we, talking about, like, what to bring, I should have brought the pictures. But actually, you know what I do have? Uh, I have on my Instagram the original picture. Like the the J.K. Rowling original. Hold on, I'll show you one sec. I'll pull it up. The stuff that this company offers, All Star Inflatables, and the fact that they will make whatever you want for the most part. Yeah. Oh, you know what? Actually, what's kind of funny. Um, you know, have you been to the uh, was it the, like the Sex Museum in New York City? Nah, I've oh. heard things about it though. Why? Because they actually there's like this like booby bounce house thing which is oh hilarious. I've seen that. I'm pretty sure they're the ones who made that. Which really? Is, but yeah, check this out. I'll pass over the phone. You can see the original spec out of the concept. Just oh, on you God. can see it's just on notebook paper. It really is on notebook paper. So this is oh so this is looking in. Yeah, so that would be from the front-on view. You can see it has a whole bunch of features. It's got skylights. It's got movable. You know, it's got air vents. You can get cross ventilation. It shows like there's netting going to be in there. We have a TV mounted in the wall. It goes. It goes pretty deep. This is really one-inch rain wall, and this is new, or this is the older. That was the original design. The very, very from the beginning. That was what made you our prototype. A lot about this. Oh yeah. Holy. Christ. And the crazy thing too was Nick and I were working at a golf course together, and we were working between sixty to seventy-five hours a week. Uh-huh. And this was this was something that we started, you know, after our shift. So we would go home sometimes as late as like nine o'clock at night, ten o'clock at night. Yeah. And we'd be like, dude, let's let's get some food real quick at Chipotle if we can swing it or we'll do something else. And then let's meet back up at your house and let's work on this business. Let's we can grow this. We can do this. Yeah, so, so we it could be a real thing. Yeah, so we literally work till two AM probably six days a week at least. And then what we What did people say when you were like, Hey, this is what we're doing? Well we we kept it a secret for a while. Oh good. So so for the first so I would say we started we really started working on it in April 
of of uh was it 26 2016 2016 yeah. yeah so um for no, the that's first ironic. that's when oh no this is our april 2017 so like for the first f- five months uh-huh. four months we didn't tell anybody because one we didn't have anything yet uh-huh. so and and two we had ip to protect so we didn't want to just be like hey world this is what we're doing what's ip uh intellectual, intellectual oh, property. property yeah right so um so we we tried to just keep it a secret till we had something we could really talk about uh-huh. and then um once we once we knew that this was going to work and we could actually build something, absolutely, we we pulled our boss to the side and we're just like, hey, just so you know, for next year, this is what we're doing, you know, uh-huh. like I, you know, thank you so much for what you've taught us and the yeah. opportunity of this job. It's been great, but this is this is where we're taking our lives. We see ourselves having this massive impact to grow golf uh-huh. and bring golf straight to people and and have people have an amazing experience wherever yeah. they want to. That's how, what, it, it. In reality, it helps them too, because if you could play that course on your simulator and they really want to play it, they could go find that course and really play it. Like if you really enjoy it, you could play it. Like that's the coolest thing. Yeah, that's, that's true all. too. That's true too. For the courses that go on there, those seventy plus mm-hmm. courses. And there's actual multiple there's probably I would say there's over probably th- I don't know, three, four hundred courses at least that are out there in databases that our 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 company that we partner with, Foresight, they have about mm-hmm. seventy, seventy five ish now. Okay. But there oh, are so other you have companies there, yeah, there are companies that have other ones too, so there's more. But oh yeah, it's, it's good exposure for them as yeah, well. Absolutely. Some of the country clubs don't need it, but you know, some, <laughs> some, someone some like Pebble don't. Beach does not need more exposure. I they're, know. they're Pebble Beach. They're booked every every time of every day, almost I know. the whole Forever. year. Around. Yeah. Jeez. Forever. <laughs> yeah. For forever. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Oh my god, that's crazy! And then you guys brought it to life. That's right. Yeah, and, and you, you know what? Flew down to Texas and did the whole nine. Mm-hmm. And-, and the crazy thing was, so imagine you're you're working this job, and it's full time, as full time as full time gets, is an assistant pro job because you're uh-huh. there to serve everybody. Like that's your job. Yeah, and we we we're totally fine with that. That's what we want to do. We signed up for it, and um, but it's not a business you take time off for. So you have your winter off. Uh-huh. You have two two three months off. That's when you get off. So in the summertime, the last thing you can do is ask for a day off. Yeah. So we found a way to line up our schedules, and our boss was great. He let us switch with somebody so that both of us could get like 12 hours off on the same 12 hours yeah. so we like each had like half a day and we <laughs> flew we flew to texas and we we had a one hour meeting and then we saw the factory for like another 20 minutes and then we had to fly back and by the time we got back we were we had to go straight to work so to open up again so like that's what it took you know, so that so we we had to literally just do whatever it took to make that final decision to say that's the company we want to go with, and then we went full steam ahead. That's insane. Yeah, you got to be a little crazy to be an entrepreneur. No, for sure, as you know, yeah, for sure. But like, holy goddamn, I, like <laughs> that's you flew to Texas for an hour and a half, more or less. Yeah. It, you spent more time in goddamn air traffic <laughs> in, in airport security yeah. than you did in Texas. Yeah, we did, unfortunately. And I'll tell you what the the funniest thing I have story a quick story on that. Yeah, yeah, go for so, it, man. That's what this is here for. So, <laughs> so um, we learned very quickly. So we have an inflatable. So what do inflatables do? How do you get an inflatable to inflate? What do you do? You blow it up. Yeah, of course. You blow it up, right? Yeah. So we learned very quickly. And now you can, might, might be seeing where this is going. So we're on the security line. <laughs> and, and so we're talking about all the concepts uh, and we're just going yep. we're going A to Z and we're like, yeah, no, no, this is going to be great. Awesome. And uh, 
So we're online and we're, we're right near those, you know, crazy security gates that detect all the metal and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I'm looking at Nick and one of us, I forget who it was. One of us said to the other, dude, this thing is going to blow up. Like, uh, like, wow, is this thing really going to blow up? And we're getting psyched about it. We're uh, looking at each other. We're high five and this thing's going to blow, man. And the people around us started to get nervous. And we're like, what? Oh, shit. And then yeah. I see the, uh, the security guy coming out. What do you say? What? And we're like, oh, no, no, it's inflatable. Like yeah. like golf. Like yeah. don't worry, we're not crazy. Yeah. Like we have this crazy idea that yeah. we're trying to so make. We, so we almost blew it. Uh, where we, we wouldn't have. We, <laughs> well, this whole, this whole thing wouldn't have happened if we if we got if we got wrecked. But yeah, so we made it through. But yeah, we learned very quickly. We have to say inflate and not blow up. Yeah, at least when you're traveling. <laughs> oh, my. so that's hysterical. I still I still can't get over the fact that you flew to Texas for for an hour and a half meeting. Fly out. Hey man, when you're passionate about something, you do no, whatever it takes. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. We had a dream, man. We still have a dream. We're, we're chasing it for you know? real. Yeah, oh, that's a real thing now. Yeah, I mean, you literally built it. Yeah, Dude, man, that's that sick. You know, we uh, we built it together from the ground up. We had a lot of a lot of support. You know, friends, family, investors. I was gonna say how like when you told people your idea, which is completely off the wall. Until you made it a yeah, reality, crazy. and now it's yeah. now it's a thing, which is what most people. That's usually how they get yeah. successful. Is like, hey, I have this really cool idea, and people are like, you're out of your mind, and then you're like, hey, this is a real thing. Like, what was that like to go through that? Yeah, because that's a great question. So, like, like everybody's like, oh, you know, I want to start this business. Or I want to start this business. Like, you literally built this and made it real. Mm-hmm. That's a great question. I mean, so it's 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 a little different for us because we were so concerned about patenting it. That the, and the biggest regret we have is not pre-marketing this. Uh, so, so we basically started, and we had the we had the building process started in September, which is when we filed for the patent. But we uh, didn't tell a single soul about it mm-hmm. until late December, early January. So when we were building done. this thing. Yeah, once we had it out, we were like, okay, well, it's already out now. We can tell people. Mm-hmm. And when we first told people what it was, so yeah. to answer your question, people were like. Most reaction was like, that's really cool. But like, like I could tell it was never taken seriously. People were like, oh, like, at least for the most part, people were like, oh, that's nice. Like, that's really cool. Like, yeah. I hope that works out good for you. Yeah. No one was like, actually, I shouldn't say no one. But I would say most people were like, oh, that's cute. Like, that's nice. Good yeah. for you. Like, I hope that really works out well. You know, you'll probably still continue your pro job. And like, that'll be a nice side thing for you, maybe. Uh-huh. Um, and then a few people who are now some of our best mentors and closest friends in this process, were like, do you guys realize what you have? Like, the potential of what you're doing is, like, is huge. If you do this, if you execute correctly, especially from the beginning, you can do amazing things with this. Yeah, of course. Because you have a purpose, you have a mission, you have a very scalable model, Uh and it's, it's very, you know, low overhead, and you can really deliver some high value in an area that no one else is really doing. So... There's we, literally no competition on the market. More or less, no. Yeah, I mean, the, there's like, Other there's than the like, real thing. there's like one. I think there's one company. They actually do some cool stuff. I think they're called Street Swings out in California. Okay. And I've seen a couple of their stuff, and they're they're actually they seem like a cool company. Yeah. And I think they do like they have something out of a trailer, like a mobile home trailer. Yeah. yeah. So I think they're limited to like street parking lots stuff uh, like that street swings technically okay. right yeah, yeah, yeah um but yeah so they're they're doing like a very similar concept to what we're doing so they just have a physical 
Well, I shouldn't say physical, but a hard structure. Yeah, yeah, and it's pretty adaptive. It seems pretty cool. Kudos yeah. to them. I hope they do well. Cause, uh. And ultimately, like, I'm not like, oh, they're doing that. It's competition. Like, for me, the market's so freaking huge. Exactly. Like, grow grow the demand for this. Like, I hope they do well. Yeah. I hope they kill it because it helps us because we're kind of like, we're kind of like developing the the business for each other, but um, yeah. So I mean, from there, it went from people thinking this is this is like, oh, this is a cute idea, to holy crap, they're really doing this. Like, oh my god, they're 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 going here, they're going mm-hmm. there, and we got you know, they always say like you got to get your haters right. Oh, uh, we've got yeah, yeah we've got we got we got some haters, not as many as we thought. We thought we were going to get hounded with haters. We've only had a handful. Really? Literally only a handful what are the haters that say, we know of. If you don't mind me asking. Um, most people just say, like, That's stupid. they can't do it. Right, I don't right. know. You, like, who do they think they are? They're they're thinking they're all this and all that. They're, they're trying, just trying they're to get the, attention. They're older, right? Most, yeah, old, yeah. yeah, always. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. yeah I, know, I know how you, you know, feel. Most people just feel. think we're crazy. But that's but good. Are, that's how we know we're good, on the right man. track. Of because course. we're not. The, the craziest thing to me is trying to blend in. And if we're trying to blend in, we're dead. I'm not. I'm, Absolutely. Yeah, just like you, man. We're we're not here to live a nine to five where we're just like, you know, just wearing gray. And I think I'm actually wearing gray. But uh, <laughs> you know, okay, yes, I mix it up. But you you know what I'm saying? Like that's just not my life. And I've always had this burning desire in me. And I know Nick has too, uh-huh. um, to change change the world in some small way that we can. And with us, I mean, we're using golf to change the world, and that's that's our medium to do it. So yeah, that's so incredible, man. That's crazy. Yeah, everybody's got their haters, man. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Haters are going to hate. And that's right. haters are going to ain't. <laughs> They're ain't. In that movie. Uh, is that, that's not 8 Mile, is it? No, it's... Uh, I, no, I was just saying... That's that probably movie. too silly of a quote for 8 Mile. It's, that was a pretty uh, hardcore movie. God, what's that movie with Kim Jong-un and James oh. Franco? And they go over... And I literally just had the Oh, that's like a Dictator or something? Yes. The dictator. the dictator? I think it's a Dictator. <sighs> now I'm going to look it up. I don't want to get it wrong. <laughs> Tangent. Podcast tangent. That's a funny one. I think I saw that. What was that like four years ago that came out? God, it probably is now. The interview. That's what it is. What's it called? The interview? No, no, the interview. Oh, the oh, the interview. Yes, yes, yes. yes, yes that's the right. Most the dictator's another movie that's also similar, yes. crazy like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, haters are gonna hate. Haters gonna. Hate. Yeah, you know what I will say? Like, probably the most challenging feedback isn't the haters, like. I've had, um, and again, I won't say names, but I've had haters that are from big companies that could be viewed as competition to us mm-hmm. come up to me and be like, you're not going to make it. I'm too big to work with you. Like, we can never, you can never offer me value. You're too small. Like, I've had people I, say that to me. Oh, that oh, and, my and, blood. and actually, that has been fuel for me ever since, and I love that that happened. Yeah. So thank you to that person because you've helped me push through late nights and grind my ass off so hard like watch out because i'm coming type yeah. stuff so i get it gets me fired up That's but awesome, if you couldn't man. tell but um no, absolutely man the biggest i would say the biggest feedback that i get that really challenges you like down to your core down to your soul mm-hmm. is when when people that are really close to you see that you're 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 doing everything you can and sometimes results take so long like uh, you got to be so patient and that's this yeah, dude, exactly. That's this, you, know, you get it, man. You absolutely people, get it. People just think like, oh, you have a podcast. Oh, you know, when are you going to hit your million subscribers yep. or whatever it is? I'm like, bro, do you even understand how much work I do mm-hmm. to move this thing an inch forward? Yeah. Like, like, you don't really have too much competition 
for the most part. I mean, obviously, there's things involved. Like, I'm going against thousands, probably tens of thousands of people now podcasting, yeah. I can only imagine, like, that are all producing something. Mm-hmm. Like, holy shit. Like, and you, mine is a non-tangible product for the most part. Like, yours, at least you could say, hey, here's my here's my GPD uh, experience or, you know, hey, we're going to go, we're going to go play Golf Pro Delivered, you know, in my backyard, like, come through. Like, it's... Like it's a group activity, people are seeing it. Where mine, it's like, hey, we're just gonna go. We're, I'm gonna listen, you know, when I have free time, and it's like, okay, I'll just wait here and keep producing content, and hopefully somebody will just someday it'll explode. Dude, so many good talking points on what you just said. Um, but first of all, I think you're really gonna enjoy that book because it's gonna take that yeah, last perspective. Book, by the oh, way. dude, my pleasure. One of the few people that brought a book, and I'm not saying people need to buy bring books, <laughs> but brownie points. He brought me uh, "Start with Why" by Simon Sinek, and then uh, the the caption is uh, "How great leaders inspire everyone to take action." So I'm it's, I'm looking forward to the read. Yeah, if if you haven't read that book, I highly highly recommend it. Changed my life, changed the way we do business. Or I should say, reinvented how we do business. Where I like that. Yeah, you you know. Because the most important thing, and, and this book will reveal it to you, is you know, most businesses are so in tune with what they do and how they do it. Mm-hmm. But people don't buy what you do and how you do it. They buy why you do what you do. And that is, how, that is the electric engine that really makes people excited and buy your product. People make emotional decisions every day. We buy from people we like. We buy from people we trust. Mm-hmm. You know, why do people buy MacBook Pros? Or buy anything Mac. If you if you compare specs of Macs to to Dell's or Microsoft products, Microsoft generally kicks ass. But Blows people still spend more on a MacBook because Mac has stood for the last twenty years of being revolutionary, of being mm-hmm. challenging the status quo, and yeah. and and until, they excite until people. This year. Yeah, well, until yeah. this year, let down Mac. If you listen, <laughs> let down. <laughs> Well, yeah, but so so this so it's a great book because it it really shifts your focus from like, if I'm a business, okay, I need to go out and get sales for me, and like I need to follow my processes and like all that stuff. He shows how important that is, mm-hmm. but without the sense of why the companies fall apart, and he gives really good examples of how and when, and like it's really cool because it it mm-hmm. can apply to you. Yeah, so it can apply to you, no matter where you are in your business, whether you're a startup, whether you're 30 years in, whether you make $100 million in revenue, or you're at $50 in revenue. Yeah. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are. It's, it's a fantastic book for anybody. Yeah, I'm super, I'm super excited. And Simon Sinek is a, is a crazy inspirational, not only inspirational, major keynote speaker, and just super, super smart. Like, I don't yeah. know, that's just the vibe that I get from yeah, him. Well, I haven't read any of his books yet, but well, I've seen him you're speak. So, you're so right, man. And and the, the, the most profound thing that he talks about, which is the most simple thing, is like, how do you position your company, and, and especially in sales, in a way that shows that you genuinely care about the other person, your customer's best interest? Mm-hmm. So I'll give you an example of how, I, how this totally changed my life. So <laughs> before I read the book, and thank... Thank you to Jess Merlino out there for giving me this book. Because without you giving me this book, I would not have what I have. So thank you, Jess. You're freaking awesome. If you're listening. If you're not listening, you're still awesome. But you should listen. <laughs> Subscribe. <laughs> Subscribe. So, um, so before, before I read this book, I was on LinkedIn, one of the major platforms I can reach decision makers and get through the gatekeepers. It's uh-huh. like LinkedIn's the best for that. Absolutely. LinkedIn's so great for everything, I think. Before this book, this is how I would contact people. I would find people that I wanted to talk with, and I would say, hi, my name is Jeff Wibben. I have a portable golf simulator that I think is really going to help you. 
Here's what it does. Here's how it sets up. Super quick. It's the most fun experience ever. Here's a picture of it. I would love to talk with you. Mm-hmm. That was pre-book. Not a bad, not a bad sales pitch. No, but, not, not terrible. But nothing in that. It was long, and nothing about it says I care about you. Mm-hmm. So after I read this book, um, I completely shifted the focus, and so has the team now, um, towards. What is your biggest need? How can I? How can what I do help you? And if I can't, I'm totally cool with that. I'm not going to try to force something down your throat. Mm-hmm. And so an example is um, there was this woman from Bank of America, and she was a senior event planner. Like that's the number one person I ever want to talk to. So I'm so badly, I just want to be like, look, just give me two seconds. I want to explain to you how I'm going to make your corporate events the sickest thing ever. Like just give me a chance. Yeah. I want to say that. But instead – it's like, hi, I see you do corporate event planning for Bank of America. Uh-huh. Um, you know, what kind of events do you do? What What is your biggest need and and what are you looking for? And she'll she'll say something. And there, in, in this particular example, she actually said, hey, I'm sorry, I'm actually having a baby in two weeks. So I can pass your information along to someone else. But this is my, this is what I'm, you know, I'm like having a baby. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so yeah. I could have said. Bad luck of the draw. So before I read this book, I would have said, Oh, yes, absolutely. Please send my information. I would love that. Get me some kind of intro. I would love that. Please help. You know, whatever I would say. Now, after reading the book, I said, you know what? Forget about me completely. Like, go make your human. That's what's important. Like that. that. Yes. I was like, that's the most important thing you're going to do right now. Like, go make a baby. Forget about me. You got enough stuff to worry about in your life. Like, I hope you have the most healthy, safe, wonderful baby ever. And like, have a wonderful day. Uh And, And you know what actually she did? So she said that was freaking cool, and she forwarded my information. But ju- so I went about it in a backwards way, where most people be like, "That's bad salesmanship. You should have tried to close a deal." Like, but no, actually, it works the care. other way around because I actually do care. And I'm she'll like, never forget you. She'll never forget. Yeah, and if she does forget me, like, I did the right thing, you know. And mm-hmm. it's it's just good karma out there. I believe in like putting good out there; it'll come back to you eventually. And absolutely, you know, even if it doesn't. But you did. The exact opposite thing that most people would do. Yes. Like and you, that's so important. Exactly. And like, it, it doesn't get much better. Yeah. And and that's actually been probably the most profound thing that we're trying to do. I know. Do you know Tim Ferriss? Are you a Tim Ferriss? Yeah. Course. Dude, the guy's a freaking He's on my list of books to read. Oh, I, really? Yeah. Tools of the Titans, Four Hour Work Week, yep. stuff like that. The, the Tribe guys, of Mentors. Yeah, Tribe. That's a new one, right? Yeah, the new I one. I can't wait to. Gonna, I got to read oh, that yeah, one. Yeah, it's on my. He's he's on my a list of books that I. I'm. St- it's funny because I don't physically read as much as I'd like. And like I said, I read more in the summer than I do in the winter, I've realized. But next year, my goal is to just crush books. Oh, hell yeah. Let's do it. And and it's almost therapeutic, and I never would have thought reading would be therapeutic because I live on technology. And I'm like, wow, this is like, I turn my phone off. Like, I, I sit down, I relax. Like, I go to a quiet place. Like, I love reading by the pool. And as super stereotypical as that is, like I go in my backyard, my whole family's at the beach, I'm home alone, like and I just lay out, I whatever, I try to get a tan and I pop my book open and I just hammer through pages and I love every second of it. That's amazing. Weirdest thing in the world. I no, just can't believe I admitted it's, to that. It's great though, man. Wait, whatever whatever way you read is good, you know? If you're just doing it to show off your guns at the pool, like that's cool too. You know, but <laughs> yeah, with you nobody know, there. I know you're pretty jacked, but you know. That's how you gotta do it, you gotta do it. But um, yeah, that that's that's the key. Finding the right mentors that that help you. The books are books are gold. Books, are, you know. I don't know. They're I, literally gold. There's so many people, and it's funny because I never read books, and I'm slowly starting to read more and more books. And I'm like, 
I'm telling people, like, we're talking about Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I'm like, you got to read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And they're like, why? I'm like, you have no idea how good this book is and, like, how beneficial it's going to be to your life. Like, just read the book. And look, if you don't like it in 30 – give it 45 pages. If you don't like it, I'll buy the book. If you don't like it, give it to somebody else you think might enjoy a book and pass it on. And I'm like, I never would have thought at 25 years old I'd be buying people books. But it's becoming a regular thing and it's weird. Mm-hmm. At least for me to admit. Like, I'd always be able... I'd always buy people things. Like, I'm just very giving. But I would never think to buy somebody a book. Like, I'd always be like, oh, you know, let me let me get him this, let me get him this, you know, whatever it may be. Never would have thought to get him a book. And now it's just like, hey, let me get you a book. Well, you know what? You know what the challenge of reading is? The real challenge of reading, and this is why so many people don't read books, is because the way we're conditioned right now in society with electronics, movies, phones, it goes even more on a deeper level than just... Those things are very distracting. Science is actually proven. Simon actually talks about this mm-hmm. uh, in some of his TED Talks. But when you when you get on your phone or when you watch TV or you're listening to certain songs, they've actually proven that they've designed these devices, movies, and entertainment mm-hmm. in such a way where it'll, it'll actually release a chemical response in your brain. So you're getting like kicks of dopamine from your body. I so, believe that, actually. So you're actually becoming addicted to these things. And when you when you engage in an activity that does not release those things – you almost go through a withdrawal. So if you've ever like uh-huh. been reading a book, especially like if you're trying to get into a new book, you read five pages and you think you hear your phone buzz, you get that like phantom buzz. Oh. That's literally your body kicking into withdrawal mode. So you got to like fight that as hard as you can, break out of your addiction of electronics and get into bookland. And then once you're there, there's no going back. It's literally like a drug. It really is. Holy shit. It's crazy. Like mind-blowing shit. It really is. God, damn. I knew that technology is extremely addictive, and it's crazy because people always ask, and I, and obviously I live in the technology world, and people are like, oh, you know, why do I need this? Why do I need this? You know, why do I need this? I'm like, this is the number one thing in the world now. This is growing at such a rapid rate at, you know, people looking at your websites, you know, checking on your infrastructure, checking on your employees. Like, you don't walk – nobody walks around with laptops anymore unless you're, you know, a business person and you need a full keyboard. Most people – and I'll throw Gary V's name in there. Gary V, I love you, dude. Freaking like, awesome. He literally said, I, I heard one of his, uh, I think it was podcast the other day, and he goes, I sat down at the computer the other day, and it it took me a, a while to figure out how to type again. And I really? was like. Because he's always phoning. He's always on his phone. Yeah. Like, he just takes care of everything on his phone. He's got mm-hmm. people that work for him. So he's just, oh, hammering out phone calls or hammering out text messages. And I'm like. Like, that is the next step of the world. Like, yeah. Computers are super important. You can't build a website on a phone yet. I'm sure there'll be a day. But, like, if you don't live on a computer, like, if you don't live on a job where you need a computer every day, like, you're in construction, you're in that kind of trade, in that kind of world, this is it for you. Like, yeah, you need to send an email. It's on here. You know, you need to send something. It's on here. You really don't need a computer anymore. As weird as it sounds. Well, yeah, you guys probably know more than and than anybody really. I mean, I think they. I saw a statistic that it was seventy to ninety percent of all content nowadays. It, the vast majority is consumed on a phone. Yes. Yep. That's completely In, accurate. Insane amount. Depending on the statistics you look at. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's why there's such a big range, you know. And it could be as low as sixty. But we check our phone. I think it was like two years ago. It was one hundred and fifty times a day on average. Isn't that insane? And now it's it's well into the two hundred, sometimes close to three hundred. There's a there's an app I think. It's called Moment. I don't know if you ever heard of it. I have not. No. I believe it's called Moment. I'm actually going to look it up just in case. Um, 
And if you actually want to make yourself hate yourself, it's, <laughs> it's not really on my to-do list. Definitely but it, right, an app to get. Um, sorry, I don't want to give somebody bad information here. I'm just checking it out. Yes, it is called Moment. Fact checker. And it's uh, it's written by Unplug Your Phone. Uh, I think Unplug Your Phone Less, as it says. But if you just go into the iTunes store, and I'm sure it's probably the same thing for Android, you search Moment, and on there, it tells you a couple different things. It can tell you how much time you're spending on each app, it could tell you how many times you've checked oh, your phone. I see what you're saying. How many hours a day you've spent on your phone. So if you just pick your phone up and look at it really quick to check the time or whatever it is, it'll tell you you looked at it. Wow. It'll tell you how many unlocks you have. Is that one? The green one? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I'm it usually just makes me super sad when I see it because I'm like, well, I spend all day on my phone and then I remember that I work in technology. It's kind of super important. It's kind of, it's kind of funny how the uh, – unlike the demo – picture it shows three hours and 42 minutes a person was on their phone that, that day. he's an amateur <laughs> he's an, an amateur. amateur i have easily you smash clocked, him huh oh yeah i've easily clocked nine hours on my phone in one day wow yeah that's a lot of phonage yes not particularly thrilled um <laughs> but i i use i also i mean i do email and stuff like that on my phone as well and many other things and managing social media and whatnot like yeah. you're always living on your phone especially when you have a second thing like whether it's a job or a hobby or whatever and you have a second instagram profile a second facebook profile a second twitter profile like and you're trying to manage all of these like this is your go-to device so it it's just it's crazy and i've seen it and i'm like i'll look back and i'm like wow, i really wasn't on my phone that much yesterday and i'll see it. i'm like well wow, i really wasn't on my phone that much yesterday and then there's other days where it's like holy shit i spent the entire goddamn day on my phone because i could pr- most people could pretty much work from their phone now yeah. Like you're just this data hub of information coming in and out and you're just making decisions. You know, you don't need a computer to type your emails. You serial bang them out for you. Exactly. I th- I feel like I'm getting arthritis already. I I send a bazillion emails Dude, a day. I'm so afraid. I know. We're all going to have we're going to be the generation with like no thumbs in like 50 years. We're, we're going to have neck problems. Something. Probably. That's yeah, probably. The, that's the big thing. Is neck problems and um I, it scared the shit out of me the other day and I still want to go get it checked out, but I had I was looking at something and I was like, "Oh, it kind of looks hard to read." And then I asked somebody else, and they and I was like, "Could you read that?" And they're like, "Yeah." And I was like, "How clearly?" And they're like, "No, pretty clear." And I was like, "I can read it, but barely. Like, I'm still trying to make out some letters and stuff like that." And I was like, "Oh my god, I'm looking at computer screens too much. Like, my eyes are going." And I'm like, "Yeah, that's me." Literally freaking out. Yeah, I was like, I was like, "Oh my god, Mm -hmm. this is too much." I was like, "I need to." I need to go. I need to just get out of technology for like. I need to unplug yeah. for a couple of days. Yeah. Well, humans were not meant to sit in front of a screen for twelve hours. Not that yet. Not we, haven't, <laughs> we haven't. We haven't. We haven't. We uh, haven't. What is the evolved? Yes. We haven't evolved Thank into you. total computer slaves. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, we will be one day. We are a slave to this thing, though. And this is the. I tell people all the time, this is the greatest and worst thing that's ever happened in the world. Yeah. You know. The capabilities are amazing, but you're right. It, it traps you. It can. It, it does, you yeah. know. Oh, you're talking to somebody, boom, you lose their attention because they, they got a text message from somebody else who might be slightly more important or just as important, but they want to get you because yep. you, te- you, you have them on your phone. And boom, your phone lights up and you're like, oh my God, there's information here. Let me acquire that information really quick. And meanwhile, I could just say, hey, or thanks or I'll see you later or whatever it is and you break your focus and then you've got to reestablish the focus and I'm talking a lot but it's insane no that, that's such a good point I mean think that that applies to so many different scenarios like dating it applies to networking it applies to anything dating's and not like, even real anymore 
it's so ridiculous. And I'm not even swipe saying swipe right from, or swipe left. Yeah, I'm not even go. I'm like, yes, there's that. I'm going for more of like when you do get swiped or you meet someone in person or whatever, and you're on your first date. How many times you look over, you see a couple together, and the phones are in front of them, and they're just finger it. You're Dude, like, when I, what are you doing? When I bartend. It's funny because I'll go and I'll see you know three or four people and they're all sitting there on their phones. I'm like, hey guys, I'm glad you guys came here to sit on your phones. You'll and actually like, say that? I oh love yeah, that. I don't give a shit. I I love that. I have broken so many rules in life as far as like ethics. Not I don't want to say ethics, but like as far as you're like, just brutally honest. Yeah, I literally am brutally honest all the time, and I get a lot of credit for it actually, which is super weird. I agree. The haters I think that's the way to go. Definitely hate a little more than they probably should, but the <laughs> a lot of people really appreciate it. And like. Oh, you're right. Okay, fine. And then they put their phones away, and then they're interacting. Yeah. And then every once in a while, somebody be like, "Dude, thanks for telling us that. Like, otherwise, we would have just sat there on our phones all the time." Like, Isn't that amazing? Like, I understand your phone is important. I get that, and I too am on my phone when I'm out with people, but I don't live on it. Like, I make a conscious effort of keeping it in my pocket and keeping it on silent, so that way I'm not on it. And I'll check it. You know, I'll check it every 15 minutes. You know, hey, somebody meeting me here. You know, especially somebody's meeting me here. I'll leave it on the table. Or, you know, if I'm waiting for an important phone call or something like that, I'll leave it on the table. And, you know, if it, if it lights up with the person I'm specifically looking for, I'll look at it. But if it's somebody else who I'm not going to see in the immediate future, they could wait an hour. They could wait two hours. You know, when I run to the bathroom, okay, you know, I have 100 feet or 50 feet. I could bang out five text messages in that walk to and from the bathroom. Like, that's when you should be on your phone. Not when you're sitting at the bar because you planned it. Exactly. I like that you just said when you're on your way to the bathroom. So for me, what I like to do, especially if I'm in like a business setting, uh-huh. instead of whipping out my phone at the table and sending an email, because like to all you business hustlers out there, I totally get you got to grind on your phone. Totally get that. But there's no reason why you should be swiping on Instagram or doing whatever at the dinner table. Like that's just yeah. un- inexcusable. But like, yeah. So go to the bathroom. Go to the bathroom 10 times. Make yourself look like you're an, you have an 80-year-old bladder. Like do yeah. it. But like one of the most important sales skills I ever learned was that when you're talking with somebody... It's your duty to make sure that they feel like the most important person in the in the room because they are because you're talking with them. Yes, that's like even when the you're most... not talking about sales, it doesn't have to be sales. Yeah, exactly. This is not sales, and you're the most important in the room right now. Yeah, likewise, like like I shouldn't I shouldn't you know, and think about like the most the most fun person that you've ever been around, your favorite person, and if you really think about what they do when they're around you, chances are. They're not on their phone. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because they're focusing on you. They light up when they see you. They're asking engaging questions like like you are and like what we are. Like that's that's how you make connections with people so and we're losing that. We're so losing that. It's, it's really crazy. It's, it's almost disappointing. I say it's almost disappointing because it's the road that we're going down and there's no way that we're going to make 330 million people in the United States stop using their phones like that. Like it's just impossible. Like this is the data hub. But it's just, you know, making that conscious effort goes so far. Mm-hmm. And it's like, there was a famous photographer who, I forget, I can't remember if it was Chase Jarvis or not. And Chase Jarvis was like, the amount of world you see when you're not sitting, breaking your neck on your phone, swiping right or left when you're walking around New York City, like seeing all the buildings, seeing all this, seeing all that, like, if you literally do everything you do on a normal daily basis and leave your phone in your pocket and you actually pay attention to what's going on around you, the world is a magnificently beautiful place. Absolutely. That's such a deep point. You're so right about that. Like, it's just incredible. Like, it's uh, it's like almost hard to describe, but like the moment you put this thing down and say, hey, I'm going to leave this leave this alone for a little while and... It could literally be even driving your car 
and you're not listening to the, uh, the music, you're not listening to a podcast, specifically the Brutally Honest podcast, and you're not listening to a book, and you just sit there in traffic, miserable as could be, without using your phone, and you actually look around your car, no matter what car you have, it is gorgeous. The amount of work and detail that goes into vehicles. Yeah. Goes so unrecognized. Like, it does. you don't need to have a Ferrari. Just look at the little things in your car, and it mean and really look at them and be like oh my god like somebody really had to think about how this all goes together like just i don't know this is at least this is me maybe i just no dude i I totally feel you and there's an interesting connection between how happy a person is and how much of their uh, like satisfaction or gratification comes from a device versus the their inner self and and the more you can separate yourself from your devices from how much you really care about how many likes you get on Instagram or Facebook and you take a moment to stop and do what you just said and look at the birds yep. and just be like, holy crap, I'm, I'm really thankful that I can even see. Yep. Like I'm, I'm happy that I have a hand mm-hmm. that can hold my phone. You know, I'm, I'm happy that I, I'm alive. Like those little things we miss when we're looking down at the screen yep. and that's how you're, that's how you achieve happiness despite 100%. whatever circumstance you, you choose to be happy because, because we have, we have so many gifts. You know, and we miss so it. When, we miss it when we're looking down. That's the point I'm trying to make. Yeah, literally, a, exactly. Every day. And yeah. If you're looking at your phone, you're gonna miss every single one. Yeah. And the other crazy part is too, because and and don't get me wrong, I'm sure most people, and I'm not admitting to this, but I've been on social media on while they're driving, and oh, shit, where was I gonna go with this? Hold on. Something about you know driving and yes. being on social media. So not good. You actually feel worse when you use social media it's proven i believe that, that you feel worse because nobody posts like uh feel like shit here's me being miserable right now like nobody posts it's a like, highlight reel yeah nobody posts like look at this garbage meal i'm eating because i didn't have time to do this or make a meal or cook for myself or whatever it may be. Like, look at how miserable this is. Or like, look at my daunting day at work. Nobody posts about that. Everybody's like, oh my God, got off work. Check out the sunrise. Look at what I got to do today. Got to do, like, everybody posts their highlights of their life. Yeah, so it's not real. Yeah, so you scroll through your Instagram or your Facebook feed and all you're seeing is the highest points of people's lives. And if you're not in that highest point or you're not taking a moment to think about all the things that you should be grateful for, and I've actually done a podcast about just being grateful but if you don't take that's a moment huge. to yeah huge. huge and you don't take Ball that moment attraction. absolutely a real thing no doubt about it but like you feel worse because you're seeing everybody up here and when you're down not too low but like you're down below them and then you're like, oh, my God, they get to do this and they get to do this. Meanwhile, you get to have all the same experiences. It just happens to be their point in their day and they're sharing it. And you see it and you feel worse. Prove That's it. true. That's so true. And and that is a huge part of why I think a lot of entrepreneurs fail. Because they have this misrepresentation of what it's like. They see Ferraris and Lambos and all this shit people are posting. But then you got guys that are keeping it real like Gary Vaynerchuk yep. and Grant Cardone. They're like, guys, no, you got to eat shit. You got to hustle. Like you don't post a Andy video Frisella. of setting up a, a, a a gpd like you don't like it just nobody want nobody cares about you setting it up it's the experience it's that high point that everybody shares mm-hmm. nobody says oh my god That's look at true. this this is so cool they're, they're setting it up nobody cares about that we've, yeah we've done posts where it's me literally 
in a, a wife beater in my gym shorts and I'm literally scrubbing the simulator when it was dirty. Yeah. And that got nothing. And, and then, nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see the hard work. But I, I feel like sometimes people do. And those few people, yes. those are the real followers because they the get homies. it. Those are the homies, man. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Shout out to the homies. Yes. But yeah, I mean, that that's true. You got to keep it real. And um, I, this, actually, this whole conversation is so massively relevant to golf and what we're doing, believe it or not, because... This whole thing is spiraling into why golf is not growing or hasn't been growing. Mm. So right, so so this whole thing, I'm so glad you know we topic. went into this because we we saw ourselves and uh, at the time I was 25, my business partner was 24, and in our position it was you have to wait about 10 more years before you can adv- be considered to advance in your position, more or less, before you get that head pro job. That's just, just because you need to that's be just, older. Yeah, that's yep. That's just how the nature of the like. Oh, uh, yes, I see where so, you're being. So and that's not even guaranteed. And then on top of that, I'm looking down the the line at the golf industry, and I'm seeing golf declining. I'm seeing post recession. I'm seeing more and more millennials being interested in less in golf. And we're really? like, wait a minute. So so we're we're waiting for a position that may or may not open up in ten years. And at that time. What's this industry going to look like? I'm just going to sit here and do nothing about that? Mm-hmm. Hell no. Like, why was Amazon so successful? Why was Uber so successful? Why is Walmart yeah, successful? You know, they're doing things that make people's lives easier, more convenient. Mm-hmm. And they're not doing something necessarily new, but they're doing something that makes people's lives easier and, yes. and convenient. So we said, we got to apply that and we got to change the game. We got to got to bring it to people. We got to make them, make them see it. And yeah, then they're going to like absolutely. it. And we catch a lot of kids. We catch a lot of <clears throat> adults, a lot of people that would have, have swore to us that they hate golf and we get them trying and trying the golf simulator, mm-hmm. smile ear to ear. And they're like, this is the freaking coolest thing. Where yeah. have I been? It's all that stigma too. Like, yeah. like I had it, like I had no idea how to play golf back in the day as, as everybody else does too. But like, if you wait and you never play when you're a kid, you will never. It is so unlikely for you to ever play. And this goes yeah, with not just that's golf. True. This goes with any sport. Like, oh my god, I don't know. The, like, you don't know the barriers to entry are. Like, same thing with podcasting. I had no idea how to start a podcast. I just kind of did it. And like, if you don't play golf when you're a kid, you're never going to say, oh, you know, I need. The only way you're going to say, oh, I need to play golf, is because you are a salesman who it's proven in your industry that most contracts get signed on the golf course like other than that yeah like you almost got forced into it yes. later on in life like, just right. because it happened or like to your be... father-in-law plays and he's like you gotta play golf with me and you're like oh crap i gotta learn now yeah just yeah. because i want to take over the business or whatever it may be like yeah. yes like other than that nobody's just gonna say oh you know i wonder like i want to say retire and they're like i need something to do yes they take That's up it. golf or fishing yeah yeah true you know i like fishing's not bad man Fishing's pretty good. I don't yeah. do it enough because I golf more, but yeah, <laughs> it's a good problem to have. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is. It definitely is. But yeah, I mean that's that's the thing, and and uh, you know even from a non business standpoint, golf has been one of the most like fulfilling things in my life. And I was never a golfer growing up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know that. I was a baseball player. Really? I yeah. did not know that. I at fell into and now I'm a PGA pro. Like I <laughs> fell into now I'm a PGA like pro. like total fell into fell into place by accident, so to speak, and. uh I'll, in 30 seconds, I can tell you the story. But yeah, go for it, please. I um, I was a baseball player. That's what I wanted to do my whole life. I wanted to play pro ball. That was on my wall. I had 
every hero in baseball, Mark McGuire, Sosa. Oh, I had man. everybody that I loved, all of my room. And that's what I ate, slept, and breathed. And um, so one day I get to high school and basically blow out my shoulder pitching. I was, I was a peewee. I was small. Mm-hmm. And so I had to throw my heart out just to compete. And then oh. even then I had to throw crazy curveballs. And then over yeah. time my elbow and shoulder need surgery. Of course. My, my doctor, the surgeon, uh-huh. was like, you're too young. You haven't grown yet. You shouldn't get surgery. In fact, you should try golf. And I was like, Doc, I'm not trying. What are you talking yeah, about? I'm not uh, playing. This is my golf. dream here, bro. You yeah, can't, I was like, I, don't crush it. So he told me I only had a 10 percent success rate of my surgery based on where I was. Okay. And I was like, that sucks. I was like, well, I like hitting a, a ball. Like that's cool. I like hitting yeah. hitting baseballs. He's like, yeah, you can still hit a ball, and it'll go three times as far. You should try it. <laughs> and I was like, this sounds stupid, but okay. There was a guy on my baseball team who was a really good golfer, and he took uh. me out and taught me how to play. Ah. Ever since then. Dude, it spiraled out of control. I tried out for the golf team that spring, despite the fact that I was the biggest loser on the baseball team, and um, for quitting basically. Yeah, whatever. It's and uh, but I wanted to ride the bench. I wanted to play something. Yeah. So everyone eventually understood that we're mea cool now. And uh, yeah, tried out for the team. Somehow made it. I was the worst guy on the team. Worked my ass off. Practiced every day, and then I ended up making varsity next year. And you know, went Jeez. to college for it eventually. And Holy crap. Yeah, so, man. dude, it all spiraled. You know, I've been very blessed in my life with some outside That's guidance, so cool. we'll call it. But, yeah, man, God's been good. I've had a lot of good stuff happen to me. A lot of good people help point me in the right direction, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, so that's it's been good. That's incredible that that's where you came from. Yeah. Is your shoulder healed, by the way? Uh, You know, it still hurts every once in a while. Like, golfing, what doesn't bother it that much, sometimes mm-hmm. my elbow. But if I throw, uh-huh. like, if we were going to go outside and have a catch right now, which uh-huh. would probably be fun. Yeah, I would. I my arm would hurt after like three, four throws. Still, really? yeah, it's still torn up a little bit. I got oh. scar tissue in there. It's, yeah, but yeah, it's okay. No like I don't need it for any. You know. Yeah, hey, I'm not. I'm play golf, man. That's all. Yeah, I don't make my money throwing stuff. So <laughs> as long as <laughs> so, I don't so do that, golden. I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> the, no, dude, that's tremendous. And now you can play. You can literally play golf whenever, or yeah. whenever you want. Yeah, that's literally. Literally, that's the coolest thing in the world. And and the beautiful part is too is like you you have you have the simulator. You have the ability to set up anywhere. And like you said, it's bringing people in, like kids that would never play. Like now, because they picked up a golf club, they will at least be willing to probably, I should say probably, but at least be willing to try playing in a real course. And and for me, golf is like therapy. It is. I like reading. It's very calming. And it's actually, I shouldn't say it's like therapy. It's like meditation because... I've realized when I try to swing, I'm a, I'm a bigger dude. I could crush that ball. But when I, bet, I do, man. it just all over You're the You're seeing all the cool places in the golf course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, I've never seen this before. Oh, it's because I'm tucked <laughs> you get into your the trees. Worth. Yeah. Right. And, and, but it's funny because then I'm like, take a big deep breath, relax, and I, and I hit the ball. And when I actually relax, it's, I play so good. Isn't that funny, dude? Golf is like life. You know, if you're up there tense, you're trying to force something to happen, it's going sideways. You yeah. sit back, you chill, you take a deep breath, you relax and just let it happen. You know, golden, swing easy, man. it's golden. The sales the sales are in your favor. Yeah. The weirdest thing about golf, man. Like baseball, I I could, you know, I'm not I'm definitely not a baseball player, but like you throw me throw me a ball. You'll hit it. I'll, You'll hit. I'll crush it. it for sure like to some degree, it might not be the most accurate hit. But it, when I when but you're not getting anywhere when you connect it's, yeah when you it's big but now like golf I'm like all right you know I relax and it just works 
Like, I don't get, and, like, I really haven't been, like, trained. I was when I was a kid, but, like, as I get older, I'm like, I really haven't sat down and trained. But, like, when I actually relax, I play amazing games of golf. Like, that's the secret. Who would have thought that, like, you just have to relax for Mm -hmm. six hours? Yeah. There's a saying. The longest goddamn game, by the way. It can be. And that's, (laughs) it's funny you say that because, um, the, uh, the biggest opportunity that I see for this business is to take it somewhat indoors. And and there's a really unique opportunity that we have with businesses. Mm-hmm. So like you said before, salesmen want to take people out, take clients out to do deals, right? Uh-huh. Now, they can only take one client out a day because golf takes forever, five, six Literally hours sometimes. Forever. And then you got to drive there, you warm up, you get lunch, you make it a big deal. Yeah, it's all, right? it's, a day it's an entire day, right? Mm-hmm. But- what if for offices, especially more like high-end executive uh-huh. meetings, what if you had a golf simulator that could be rented in your office that was a small, compact one, mm-hmm. and you could invite eight, nine, ten clients out and have them every hour throughout the day mm-hmm. and play Pebble Beach right in your office? You can play Pebble Beach in one hour. You can play if with two people. If you breeze through it, yeah, you could. But if I mean oh, for the meeting, Christ. for the meeting's sake, you could just do it over nine holes. And imagine like trying to build an organic relationship with somebody, yeah. you know, we could sit at a table and like, we're, we'd just be like fun guys. We'd be hanging out. But yeah, most yeah. meetings, sales meetings are cold. But instead of that, be like, yo dude, come over to my, you know, Merrill Lynch building. We're going to discuss a $50 million account. By the way, bring your golf clubs. Yeah. What? Yeah, like yeah, we're going to play me? Pebble beach and we're going to hang out and have a good time, develop a relationship. And guess what? That deal's closing. And now it doesn't take all of your freaking time. God, you know, now we're going to have, and then different people in the office can rent it. So now you can get like 10 rounds of golf, full rounds of golf in, in one day. And these executives, Genius. their, their time is worth sometimes 20,000 an hour. Yeah. So to them, the rental price is nothing. It's pennies compared yeah. to what they're getting and they're closing deals. So I think from a vertical standpoint, that's really interesting, but it's funny you say the time thing because time is oh. on our side. That's what that is makes the, us yeah. special, you know, especially us. We're younger. Yeah, yeah. That's the, like that's basically why younger people are working. You know, you're trading your time, time for money, right? Your time for your oh, time for the money. Worst, the worst, like the worst algorithm possible. Yeah, and it's never enough. Yeah, it literally is never enough. Yeah. Like your time, there's no mon- there's no way to put a financial amount on your time. Because um, people always tell me like, oh, you know, can I hire you for this or whatever? Can you do this? Can you do this? I'm like, look, this is my number. Like, if you match that, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Like, if it's off hours and people are like that's way more money than i can afford and i'm like well that's literally what my time is worth when i'm not working so if you're gonna match the number great we can have a conversation but if you're not gonna match that number or even get close to that number i appreciate it i might be able to point you in the right direction but i'm not your guy because i have way too much stuff going on yeah it's important to set your boundaries like that know like your own happiness yep. level yep I tell, I tell people that all the time like oh people like recruiters reach out to me and they're like hey you know come work in new york city and i'm like I don't know if you can afford me. And they're like, what do you mean? I was like, this is the bare minimum. Like, it's an astronomical number. And they're like, why is that so much? I'm like, do you understand that I'm working 40, 40, 45 hours in the office a week plus another 20 hours commute? And now I literally lose my entire day because I'm waking up, showering, getting all that jazz done. Yeah. Then I have to hop, drive to the train station, get on the train, sit there for an hour and a half, get to my, finally get to my office by the time I take an Uber, subway, or whatever it is, work. Do the same process all over again. By the time I'm home, I'm literally exhausted. So if there's not a serious financial commitment to me going to New York City, I'm not interested unless it's once in a blue moon. And people are like taken back by that. I'm like, 
like, I don't need that much money to get by, but I'm literally losing, like, my podcast. I'm not. I'm not willing yeah. to give that up. Things like, that are important: your time with family, time with friends, exactly. Your, your own like self time. People are just willing reading. to throw that away. Yeah. Yeah. Like, people are like, oh yeah, I work. I work in New York City. I'm like, cool. How much money are you making? And they're like, oh, you know, I'm making like sixty thousand dollars a year. I go, oh, that's cool. I go, so you're making like twenty five, thirty ish, typically. And they're like, why do you say that? I'm like, well, you're working overtime. That's your commute is your overtime. And they're like, oh, didn't think about it like that. I'm like. And you don't have free time now. Monday through Friday is shot. And Sunday night is shot because you can't go out Sunday night because you have to wake up at the crack of dawn to do the same process all over again. So you really only have two nights off that you could do anything. And other than that, you're pretty much spending all your time sleeping when you're not commuting. And like that's like an eye-opener for people. And like, oh my god, I never thought about it like that. I go, do you have any concept of what your time is – like about your time? Like you could die tomorrow. Do you want to – Die tomorrow Dude, knowing so that you grinded to New York City for not that much money to be miserable? Like, think about that, bro. Mm-hmm. I could work I, – I work seven minutes away from my office. Like, my commute's a joke. Don't get me wrong. I'm super happy about it. Yeah. Like, it's the greatest thing in the world. But I'm like, why do you waste so much of your time? Like, yeah. You could be doing other things. Mm-hmm. Like, important things. Things that mean something to you. Yeah. A hobby it doesn't have to be work. It doesn't have to be a podcast. It could be just a hobby, something that you enjoy doing. You know why I think so many people fall into that trap? I mean, the way the system is made right now, you know, you have a post-World War II educational system, which is all about rules, time frames, and don't think outside the box. Do exactly as you're told. Ugh. So so we grow up for, for 20-plus years, and you have to go to college because that's what everybody does, uh-huh. right? So now it's what everyone's doing. Yep. And uh, you're getting yourself into debt just to get a job where you continue to follow rules and you continue to do these things. Mm-hmm. So it, it actually, we're in this self-perpetuating society that creates rule followers. And then 50 years go by, you retire. and I was just about to say that. Yeah, and then and what do you do? You just follow rules your whole life. You didn't do anything different. Yeah. So, so, like, the way I think about it is, you know, great. You work all this time. You spend time in New York City commuting, whatever. You're making, you know, decent money by the time you're, like, 65, you know, did now now the other questions are did you financially plan correctly like did you well, save yeah, enough that's, money that's big too like do you even have enough money to retire mm-hmm. so like i just, more and more i keep i feel like i keep seeing it. you know i see these older this older generation that they're still working i know there's a lot of 70 plus sometimes and 80 I'm like, working i'm like what mm-hmm. on why are you still working like what happened like where did you go wrong that you're still working and if you love working I get that because loving work is a real thing. But if you don't, like, where did you go wrong? Yeah, that's the thing. You, you Like, it's one thing to – and like I said before, I wasn't trying to knock anybody who's working nine-to-fives because it's just about being honest with yourself. Like, you could be an entrepreneur and be absolutely miserable and then have be really comfortable with a 40-hour week, nine-to-five mm-hmm. job. So it's all about what makes you happy. Absolutely. But I, from what I've seen, the, the people that are working like late into their 70s and 80s because they have to, mm-hmm. I think a lot of them got, got wrecked in the in the 08 crash. Mm-hmm. And I think they lost a lot of their retirement that yeah. they were banking on. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's uh, that's probably going to be me. I think I'm going to be that like 70-year-old guy. I, by that time, I hope I have like I've an insane amount of I'll money. But I don't want to be... I'm not going to be working because I have to. I'll be working at that time because I'm... I'm like a Bill Gates type where I'm starting the Gates Foundation and I'm like 
I'm like, yo, Harrison, what's, we're going to freaking South or some, some place, South America, Venezuela or yeah. somewhere that needs help. And dude, like, let's go spend a month there and like build like infrastructure for a city. Yep. Like let's go build a water well and yep. for, like sustainable food and housing. Like that's what I want to do when I'm freaking 70, you know, I, I tell people all the time, like, Oh, you know, what, what if you don't make it on the podcast? I go, great. At least I wasn't sitting on a train next to somebody who smells like garbage, miserable for 20 hours a week. And people are, like, taken back yeah. by that. Like, it's a backstab. I'm like, no, that's, that's literally what you're doing. Like, I rode the train home Keeping the other night. Keeping real, you know, being honest. miserable. Absolutely miserable. My car doesn't smell. I'll, t- I'll take a seven-minute commute all day. I'll take <laughs> a goddamn hour smell. commute in my car yeah. over riding an hour and a half train, like, tenfold. And people just don't get that. And I'm like, I'd rather be 70 and still working, living my my good life yeah. than being 65 and barely knowing if I have any money to get by and still doing that unbelievably miserable commute to New York City to try to, sk- to skate by. Like, I yeah. lived a whole fulfilling life and you spent it all on a train. Yeah. And so, so like some people might love that commute. But if you don't like that commute and you're doing it and you're like, I have no other options. Like, what? Yes, you do. You're making an excuse for yourself. You know, you oh. think you have to do something and you're making, you're complaining about it. We all have choices. You know, everything we do is because we've chosen to do that. And Go people do that, what you love. Yeah. People and anybody that, that says they can't find a, another job did not look hard enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell that to like Walt Disney. Do you know the Disney? Are you really like, have you, have you seen the... The progression from when he was like seventeen to when he was like twenty five and finally make it. Finally Disney made it. went to three hundred and sixty something banks. Right? That Is dude it? failed so hard, so miserably for like seven years. People yeah. were like, "You're a joke. Yep. You're yep. never gonna make this." Oh, your theme park idea? What a joke that is. Mm-hmm. That'll never take off. He actually got offered to be president. I know. Sorry, scratch that. He. I wouldn't be surprised. Somebody asked him, "Would you ever be president?" He goes, I'm not an idiot. Why would I be president when I could be the king of my own kingdom? And Is I that was what like, he said? <laughs> it, was, it was something literally yeah. ex- almost identical to that. I forget his exact verbiage. But it was almost identical to that. And I'm like, that's you. You don't want to be president. You want like, to be king of your own kingdom. God damn, man. Just genius. So smart. Colonel yeah. Sanders went to th- over, I think, a thousand houses until he found somebody who was willing to sell his chicken recipe. Mm. That's crazy determination that's you know just not giving up that grit yep yeah, you know it's a good idea you know it's a good idea yeah like i went to tony robbins and my and my buddies always break my balls like oh you went tony robbins figure out who you are i'm like dude tony robbins one is the most unbelievably influential person i think i've ever seen dude, he's, in he's superman i think I, oh, literally. I think he's clark kent i don't think he's human because he talked for 13 hours and didn't <laughs> pee Oh my god! Like, or like he drank. I don't even think he drank a bottle of water in 13 hours. Like wow. straight, yeah, dude's an absolute amazing human. But he tells stories. He's like, <laughs> I literally spoke to one person in a room when I first started out. Like, oh, I'd invite people down as a free thing. Come and I'm going to speak and help, help like try to persuade you or can make uh, like I don't like find your path, find your destiny. And he would do speaking to one person. And he's like, yeah, wow. I don't care. If nobody came down, I had to do it in that time slot. I'd still give the speak, speech to the whole room because somebody might walk in. And I was like, God damn, dude. That is the definition of grinding. Mm-hmm. And most people aren't willing to do that. No. You know? Nope. That's not instant gratification. That's I'm putting my face in the dirt 
and I'm just going to do everything I can every day to, to get better. Literally. Most people aren't willing to do that. No. You know, and you know what the craziest thing is? The more and more I realize, like I've actually done some speaking. I've done stuff at like high schools and I'm doing a, a speaking at my, my former uh, alma mater down in South Carolina on, in January. What's an alma mater? Oh, uh, my, uh, my, my old school, college okay. I went to. Yeah. Oh, okay. And um, it's amazing what I, what I observe around. You can tell, you can literally tell somebody something that's so profound is going to change their life dramatically. Mm-hmm. But the secret that's missing 90% of the time with people is action. Yes. People don't take action. No, you can literally, does. you can literally tee it up for somebody and be like, like here, see this button right in front of you. I need you to push that button three times a day for the next week. And if you can do that, you're going to be massively successful. And by day three or day two, they bounce. They're, they're not staying with it. Consistently. Yeah, it's consistent you can give effort. Give somebody the recipe for success and they won't take it. Some people won't. It's amazing. You know, and that's breaking out of that mold, that mind frame that we were talking about before in like the school educational system. You know, busting out of that and uh and and just chasing your dream. You know, that's what it all comes down to. Who wants to take the action? A lot of the times the craziest thing, and this is what you'll you'll see in the in the book too. Mm-hmm. The people that win, the people that go Mm-hmm. and do things that are amazing, most of the time, they're not the smartest. They're not the fastest. They're not the best. They just did but it. But they just took action. They just did it. There are people that are so much smarter than me that could have done what I did, you know, that probably thought of this before I did. Tiger Woods could have done it. It would have been fought in the wind for the, the financial-wise. They could have hired a team of people that would have done it. Yeah. You know? Crazy. It's like anything. I forget. I think there's, I think there's, there's got to be millions of examples of this. But, like, there are so many people that that plan. They're like, "Oh, I have this idea. Let me put it on paper. Oh, that 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 might be really hard. I don't know if I can do it." And then they never try. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. And it's like it's like the whole light bulb story. Edison didn't invent the light bulb. Mm-hmm. He just someone else invented it, but they didn't they didn't push it hard enough to get it going. Yep. Edison was like, "I think I could, I, this this will work. I'm gonna yeah. try a million times." And, yep. You know, yeah, it's crazy. Who's I, gonna take the step? I tell people all the time, like it's fine too because I don't know. Bring my little brother. He's like. I got him rich dad, poor dad. Oh, awesome! He was, he was, and he, I and I think he's probably in the same boat with me. First book he ever read, probably. And now he's like addicted to these new ideas. Isn't that cool? And the spark just like, went off. Like, and now he's like listening and reading to books. I'm like, holy shit! It's like, like he's awake. Yes. Where before he was sleeping. Yep. Right? Isn't that interesting? Insane. And and I'm unbelievably proud of him. And it's funny because he'll come to me with ideas, and I'm like, look, you know, it's probably not a bad idea, but like here, like do some research first. And he's just a doer, like. He's just like, no, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. And I'm like, there are rules and regulations and things like that that you must follow or you will go to jail. And he's like, <laughs> but no, I want to do it. I'm like, no, you ha- like, you can't do this because it's illegal. And he's like, but why? I'll just do it. I'm like, no, you're – like, I'm so glad that you're coming up with these amazing ideas, but you will go to jail, like, if you try to do this. Like, don't do that. Like, that's a bad idea. And I'm like – and then I'll be like, look, that's a great idea. It's going to be a lot of work. And then he was like, all right, let's find something else that maybe I can correlate with that or whatever it is. I'm just like, he's woke AF as the young whippersnappers. Oh, I love that. Are we going into conspiracy land with that or no? Uh, I don't even know. I didn't know there was a conspiracy around it. I just say. Oh, like, I'm just saying like people that are woke. Like a lot of times they say like, oh, they're like woke onto like conspiracies and like. Oh, no. That stuff. No, I was going to say woke like they know so much. Oh, yeah. Well, like, yeah, I, I really think that's that's a huge thing. And before, I think someone, one of us alluded to it, but. I really feel like there's this big movement that's coming up. Like, not all millennials are like, 
you know, fallen into like the total trap of the phones and things like, yes, they are. Mm-hmm. But I think there's this movement that's changing. I think everyone's energies are starting to redirect. Mm-hmm. I think people are really starting Ooh, to wake up more. You're the first person I've heard, heard this. Really? Because yeah. I, I have a lot of people in my, my like close group. I'm very like careful who I let in my close group. Mm-hmm. And people are saying the same thing. They're feeling it, that people are making the change. People are starting to wake up and really uh, be open to what so life really is. I'm going to give you the flip side of that. Yeah. Because you are woke, you're attra- law of attraction. You're attracting people that are like that. And those people are attracting people like that. The flip side is there are people that are think they're woke or, you know, they're like, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and they never actually do anything. Like, they literally don't do anything that's going to get them towards, like, oh, I'm going to have a Lamborghini one day. I'm like, cool, what did you do What did you do today to get closer to a Lamborghini in 10 years? Because I tell people all the time, like, I want to own a Lamborghini by the time I'm 35. And people are like, dude, you're out of your mind. I go, why am I out of my mind? They're like, you're not going to get a Lamborghini. I go, what did you do today that's going to get you a Lamborghini? Because I connected with 15 people on LinkedIn. I sent out 35 messages. I mean, I did this, 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 this. Mm-hmm. And now I'm also planning podcasts and this, that, and the other thing and trying to find and trying to sign up for all the stuff, this, that, and the other thing. And people are like, holy shit, I didn't think you actually did all that. I'm like, so what – like, that's what I did. What did you do? Like, what did you do towards your – oh, I wanna ha- I'm going to have five cars. Like, okay, cool. What did, you do, what did you do today? I didn't do anything. What did you do yesterday? I didn't do anything. What did you do the day before? What did you do last week? Nothing. Yeah. 20 like, years goes by and they're like, oh, one day I'm going to have it. Yeah. You just yeah, wait. In the day. last 20 years, you could be one day. Rockefeller right now if you've been grinding for yeah, 20 years. Here's the difference, bud. I said one day I'm going to have a podcast. Yeah. Well, I fucking did it. You know, I might not be the most successful yet. Yeah. But I'm going to be. Yeah, yet. Keyword. Yes. It, it just, oh, that boils my blood. But those flip side of people that are going to say, you know, that movement, you know, there are a lot of people that are sticking in that movement. But the problem is, you know, the internet is an echo chamber. Facebook and Instagram figured it out. Like, if you, re- if you, I don't know, I never realized this, but if you like people's stuff on Facebook and you like the same people, it shows up more. Dude, it's like low attraction Bingo. again. It keeps you attracted. Yep, yeah. yep. And oh yeah, absolutely. That's and and I don't want I don't want to bring up politics, but that's like the big thing with politics and all that stuff. Like, you're only attracting people with the exact same mindset you have, mm-hmm. which is going to get you nowhere because. Everybody agrees with you. You don't have a conflicting argument. And as soon as somebody – and you, you see it on – on, on I, I use Instagram for an example because I actually started to realize I'm starting to see the same people over and over again. And I'm like, I follow 2,000 people and I don't see all 2,000 people show up on my Instagram feed. Why? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, because I'm liking these, pe- these people. And there's one person in particular who would post all the time. And like I just like to hand out likes. I feel like Santa Claus. I'm just giving things out. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't care about your stuff. And I'm like, why do you keep showing up? And then as soon as you I keep stopped. liking. Exactly. And as soon as I stopped mm. liking her stuff, I would specifically stop. And it, yes, I said her. It is a she. But as soon as I, and nothing wrong with her. She just posted a lot. And it was stuff I didn't particularly care about. The individual themselves I enjoy very much. And as soon as I stopped liking it, it didn't show up anymore. And it showed up Isn't less. That funny? And less and less. And I'm like, I don't even see them on my Instagram feed now. But I check on them every once in a while. I'm like, they're still posting regularly. And I was like, oh, starting to figure out the algorithm. Maybe not a pro, but I'm starting to figure it out. Same thing. That law of attraction. You're going to see those people going in the right direction, mm-hmm. which is what you are. Absolutely. Dude, trying to, man. Same with you. Appreciate it. You know, that. and it's amazing. Like like you said, you made one quick decision to say, I'm going to stop liking that. Mm-hmm. And things instantly change. What people don't realize is that if you shift your mind, you can shift your mind in, in one second. Mm-hmm. And you can go in a completely different direction. 
all the negative things that were in your life, you chop those out. And then every single day, more positivity and more success-minded things start pulling towards you because mm-hmm. you will attract it. But you gotta, you got to make the switch. The light switch has to go on. you got to cut out the, the darkness. Yes. You know, Big that's time. key. If you stay around those people, you keep liking that picture, mm-hmm. it's going to stick around. you got to stop yep. liking it, cut it out. Yep. There's, uh, Even unfriend. There's, well, there's one guy, and I, I don't want to say his name because I'm trying to get him on the podcast. And he, he turned himself into a super successful person. And uh, it's funny because people are like, oh, do you see this person's Instagram feed? Actually, I'll just use Dan Bilzerian because everybody knows who Dan Bilzerian is. But everybody's like, oh, you see Dan Bilzerian? I'm sure you know who Dan Bilzerian is. I don't, actually. You Fill don't? me in. No. Oh, Dan, my God. Dan Biz- who? Dan Bilzerian. Bilzerian. Ultra, super famous, rich dude. Um, I'll, I'll pull up his, his Instagram. I wonder if he likes golf. I don't know. He's got a he's has an absolutely incredible story, and I would never like everybody's like, oh, you know, whatever. He's super famous. He just does all this stuff. He banks a bunch of girls, whatever it is. But like, if you listen to his actual story, and he was on Joe Rogan, and he talks about his whole story for three hours, like that dude went through buds twice, which is the training to get into the Navy SEALs, wow. and failed both times. He failed the first time because he had broken legs. Oh, oh, and the second time he I got admin dropped. I actually, I think I know that guy. He's amazing. He he was on Goldcast a lot and like Goldcast covered oh, him. Oh, I unfollowed him. Why would I unfollow him? But yeah, that guy's incredible. If we're thinking about the same same person, that dude, I think I. He looks like Wolverine uh, with his goddamn delightful beard. Uh, let me find a good photo. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. That's Daniel Aaron. Oh, he looks like a beast. I wouldn't fight that guy. No, but dude's just an absolute animal. And people are like, oh, I'm gonna be Daniel Aaron. I'm like, cool. What did you do today? Like. Did you earn yeah. any money? Did you learn how to play professional poker? Like, what did you do <laughs> that's going to get you to Dan Bilzerian status? Like, yeah, you might not have all the muscles and be genetically gifted and all that stuff. Like, but what did you do closer to living that rich, famous, I have sports cars, I, all the women love me, all my friends love me, I have an obnoxious amount of money that I can just spend on doing whatever we want to do to have fun. Like, what did you do to get closer? No, And so many people take zero action. That's, That's crazy. true. Crazy. That's true. You know what? You know what's really freaking mind blowing? This might be the stupidest idea ever, or it might be something that's legit. I don't know. But I was in the shower the other day, mm-hmm. and I was thinking about Einstein's theory of relativity: the equals mc squared, mass times um, speed of light squared. And uh, I was like, I think that you can actually make a, a an actual measurement of success, and like I, th- I really think there's a formula. And if you substitute um, mass for action, mm-hmm. so action is the mass, mm-hmm. and then the speed of light, substitute that for your, your, your thinking. Mm-hmm. So you, you take your action, mm-hmm. you, multi- you multiply it by the amount of creative, like powerful positivity in your mind squared, mm-hmm. and that's going to be the outcome. Because the most important thing is the mindset. The action is is the denominator that's going to multiply it. Because mm-hmm. like if I do twenty hours versus one, you know the twenty hours is, is going to beat the one. You know, assuming that the mind is the same. Mm-hmm. But the mind is what, as you know, with law of attraction, with everything, is the mul- real multiplier. So I was yeah. thinking, I was like, dude, this could be like, this could be something that might help people like see that, you know, if you want to be successful, plug in the amount of action and the measure sure. of how solid your mind is. Is gonna is gonna show you how effective the yeah your results are gonna be the um it, it's actually funny you say that because what uh 
Tony Robbins has something super similar to that. Does he? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's um, I'm pretty impressed that you just came up with that. But it was like how to get really good at something really fast. And it was um, it was like it was like three three or four steps. And this is just off my memory. I have written down at home. But it was like one was find a coach. Huge. For it. So huge. That's my biggest issue right now. I'm trying to find a podcast coach. And a lot of podcasts that have coaches are all – one topic focused. Oh, really? This is extremely broad. Yeah, yeah. Seems to be almost impossible. So if you're a podcast coach and you have a proven track record, speak to me. <laughs> yeah. um, two is get complete and utter total submersion. So if go you want to learn, yeah, literally go all in. And um, I think number three was is take massive action. Great. So yeah. So between you getting a coach. You t- being completely submersed, and he's like, I didn't know how to play polo. I literally went to the polo place for three weeks, got the best polo player in the world to coach me for eight hours a day, played polo for eight hours a day, completely immersed myself, learned, read everything about polo, and then actually did it. He goes, I want, and he was telling a story about how he won, you know, the amateurs of like his friend group that all happened to play polo. And I was like, holy shit, like, you. Figured out one pathway to success that could easily be replicated by anybody. For anything. For anything. Yeah. Literally anything. Huge. Do you want to learn how to write a book? Spend all day learning how to write a book. Get a really good book writing coach and just do it every day and, and whatever. Like take – you have to do it. You have to physically do it. Surround mm-hmm. yourself with books. Crazy. Why do you think that people don't just do it? <sighs> There's a laundry list of ideas. Money, time, fear of fa- – but I think one of the biggest things is fear of failure. There's you think so, so many people, yeah, in, myself included. When I, I like, it took me a while to start the podcast. It wasn't like that. Like I was so afraid. I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna come out with this podcast. Like the day we released it, and I sent it out to everybody on Facebook, I was so goddamn nervous. I'm like, oh my god, everybody's gonna judge me. And then literally, I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. This is Boom. this is me. This is what I'm doing. I don't give a shit if you want to hate on this, and if you want to praise it, come for the ride because it's going to be a wild one. And like the the day I was like, because I released a couple episodes with my old buddy Cameron, who um who's been on the show, but he's in paid content because we got a little crazy. But like I was so nervous, and then the day I was just like, "Fuck it, this is my show. This is exactly what I'm going to do." Like. And even when I was with him, like, it was like an eye-opener. And I was like, yeah, I have a podcast. Like, I was so afraid to tell people I had a podcast, even though they knew because of social media. And then it was just like, yeah, this is me. Like, this is what I do. If you don't like it, great. Tell me. Tell me what I could do better. And if you don't like it just because you don't like it, tell me. Mm-hmm. Like, And if you want to criticize me, go for it. Like, I'm so ready to hear it. I love that. Like, and I, and I, and I literally went all in. Like oh here's all my chips here's here it is there's no there's no facade there's no bullshit like there's no layers of like who I am you hear me on the podcast is exactly how I talk to everybody else in the world and you saw it walking in here yeah right 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 that's, that's huge that's the craziest thing at you least know in my mind I always ask people if I'm doing a speaking I haven't done it very much I'm still very new at it but I love it I think it's so much fun and uh, one of the questions they usually ask is what is more scary. Mm-hmm. failing miserably and being criticized by your peers mm-hmm. or looking back on your life and saying you never achieved your full potential and never tried something that you think could have been a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. What's scarier to you? It's it's funny because you know? like, as I'm getting older and learning and maturing, 
I'm more afraid of actual physical pain, like getting beat up, than I am a failure at this point. I'm just like, ah, I failed. Whatever. On to the next one. Like, yep. On to the next one. On to the next one. <laughs> like, that's literally where I'm at now, where I'm like, I'm more afraid of getting beat up, hit by a car, anything like that, than I am of actual failure, which is probably like the complete opposite for 99.9% of people. Yeah, that's true. It's true. But the interesting thing, though, is once you take that leap, it kind of compounds on itself. You know, so what, that's the thing. It's the first damn step. It's like working out. Mm -hmm. You go for the first week, you're probably going to stay. You, you don't go back the second day. Mm -hmm. You're never going back. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Yeah. You got to do it and you can't say I'm going to do it. Like, yeah. Success cancer is I'm gonna, Oh, doesn't you're a big Gary V fan. Should. Should. Did you see his post on that where he was talking about how I'm gonna is like the, the cancer of success. Brilliant. Oh, but you nailed it though. It's. Like or the people that say should, I yeah, should. I should have done do that. that. I should do that. Like yeah, do I should, it. I should I should eat healthier, and I'm making conscious effort to definitely eat healthier for sure. But like, you should try to go start your own business. You should go try to start your own side hustle. You should try to like pursue a hobby. Like most things don't even cost money, and if they do, it's pretty minimal. Like if you can't scrounge up a couple bucks to pursue. Um, a potential career opportunity like yourself, you know, granted, yes, starting what you did is probably not cheap, but like sitting down and drawing up the business plan didn't cost you anything other than a couple trips to Taco Bell. Yeah, my time. Yeah, Yeah. your time. Like, and that's our asset. As a younger person, that's that's your asset. You have all the time in the world. And the energy. Yes. You know? Like when you're old, like you don't have time. Like that's when you need to trade your money for other people's time. Like, that's how that works. Yeah. And the, the biggest illusion, too, for business owners is that money is the biggest challenge to start a business. It's very easy now to get money. Mm-hmm. Believe it or not, there's so many channels. You know, there's even crowdfunding. You can, I know. You know, there's so many resources out there that are ways to get out there and just get people to notice you and to back you. Whereas mm-hmm. 50 years ago, you had to bang doors and, and go to banks. Now, sure, you can go to banks and bang doors, but... There's so many resources out there. There's, there's so many crowdfunding platforms. There's everywhere. angels everywhere. There's dying apps to give you like yeah. dying to give you money. Mm-hmm. Like give me a percentage or give me a promise, you know, 30% return in 10 years. Yeah. Like or whatever it is. Like they're itching to give you money. Not having mm-hmm. money is the most bullshit excuse ever. Yeah. It's the most tempting excuse because it seems like a huge barrier, mm-hmm. but it's out there. And you can get it if you if you know how to do it. Yeah, you know, and you gotta want it. You gotta yeah. want it. And oh you gotta, yeah, and you gotta believe in yourself. Because yeah. if you don't believe in yourself, like if you don't believe in GPD, nobody be, else will. <laughs> yeah, nobody else is gonna either. That's true. Like you gotta like they gotta feel it behind you. Like people talk about it, like, wow, you're pretty serious about your podcast. I'm like, yeah, I'm fucking serious. You know how much time I spend on this thing? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. goddamn, I'm serious. I wish you knew. I like. Yeah, this is oh, the yeah. this is the fun part. Nobody sees that though. Nobody. They think, nobody wants to see it. They think that you're just you. I don't know. I'm I'm not speculating for people, but you know, most people see the, the tip of the iceberg. Of course, and that's all they'll see. You know, that's it. You don't you're go an behind, overnight. Yeah. They say an overnight success takes twenty years, right? But it, but it looks like an overnight. It looks like you got lucky, and it yeah. looks like you made you it. Grinded but. for, and then boom, and then something finally clicked, and now he's like nobody heard about Gary Vee t- six months ago. Maybe, you know, maybe. Yeah, a year I only ago. found him, yeah, uh, uh, just about a year ago. That's when yeah. I started following okay, Gary Okay, so v. maybe two years ago. Nobody knew who Gary Vee was. Yeah. But he's been grinding since dad's wine, dad's wine store yeah. when he was a kid. You know, people think that, oh my God, oh, Gary Vee just made it famous. Like, no, 
He put in dude's a hustler, man. Thousands and thousands and thousands of hours of work. Dude, one day you could have him on the show. That's the goal. That'd be sick. I, I bet you will. I'm calling him right now. Let me be the first to call it. Gary V. Freaking love you, man. You're probably gonna be on this podcast one day with, with my that's boy the goal. Harrison. He's in New York City, and that's something I would consider. Well, look at he's 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 close. Yeah, in the backyard. All right, brother. We just cr- wow, Jesus Christ, we went over. We just crushed an hour and forty two minutes. Yes. Boom. Action time. I love it. So how do people find your Golf Pro Delivered, all that jazz, your social media, anything like that that you want to share? Perfect. So if you want to check us out, go to our website, golfgpd.com, or visit us. We have Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Our handle is at golfgpd, and just search Golf Pro Delivered on Facebook, and you will find us. Contact us. We'll come to your house. We'll hang out. We'll play some golf. Looking forward to seeing you. It's pr- yeah, it's pretty sweet. Definitely check it out. Um, did you say Instagram, Twitter? Do you have any of those? Yeah. Oh, we we have a YouTube channel. We have a LinkedIn. Dude, fire it all. Yeah. Plug it all. Yeah. Man. We got it. We got everything. Plug it in. Oh, it's all just Golf Pro delivered. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Like it's it. easy to find us. All We're right, the only stuff. Golf Pro delivered. That just. Yeah, that's really. Nice. There's not a lot of noise in that space. I like it. I yeah. like it, man. Dude, well, thank you so much for being here, Harrison. Thanks for having me, man. You'll, this you'll was great. Be, ba- be, uh, be back in the near future. Thank you, man. This is a pleasure. Thanks. Alrighty, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Brutally Honest Podcast. I am your host, Harrison Barron. When I say that, does my voice sound more sensual? Um, thanks so much. I had a great time with my buddy Jeff. He's awesome. Go check it out. His product and his thing is just outrageously cool, and there's nothing like it on the market. I think that's one of the reasons why I like it so much. As always, if you enjoy the show, please, please, please subscribe. I'd greatly appreciate all the subscriptions I get. And if you really enjoy it, share it out. Tell your friends, um, you know, for your long car rides. Actually, you know what? Now is the perfect time to tell your friends because everybody's traveling. There was something, I read some astronomical number that there's, I don't know, like 2 million people commuting, 2.3 million people commuting this holiday season and everybody's flying. So why not listen and share the wealth of the Brutally Honest podcast with them so they can enjoy it too? Maybe it'll bring them love and cheer just like you wanted to. It's a good gift. Just give them my voice. Give them my voice. Anyway, huge thank you to everybody that's helping support the channel. Always go check out the website, BrutallyHonestPodcast.com. And uh, it's actually going to be in the show notes as well. If you go to like the bio or the like the description of the show, it's always going to be in there too. And thank you to the nerds that care for being your in your outsourced IT company, you know. Like I said in the beginning, you don't know which steps to take your company. You're not sure which integrations can work with what to, to help your business get to the next level. This is the company that you go to when you need that stuff. When you're not sure where to spend your capital towards the end of the year because you want to make some upgrades for next year, that's when you go to them because then you can be put on the right path to being up to the 21st century. Far too often we see people that are just okay with working in the Stone Age, and that's not what you need to do because the world is moving faster and faster with the creation of the internet. So go check them out. Nerdsthatcare.com N-E-R-D-S-T-H-A-T-C-A-R-E.com So a huge thank you to them. And I think that's pretty much it for the rest of the year. Uh, actually, not the rest of the year. Sorry, till Christmas. I think I have one or two podcasts next week that I'm looking forward to. But 
As always, thank you guys so much, and I will see you guys on the next show. Peace.